Welcome back to Pass the Jar. I'm your host, Drake Pittman. And I'm your co-host, Shane Murray. We have uh, two people in here that we've been talking about having in here for a long time. It's our two best friends. Shane, will you introduce our two best friends? Yeah, sitting directly across from me, we've got the one and only Colby James. And to my immediate right, Mr. Dylan Reeves himself. Folks, we're taking you down a trip to memory lane. We're talking multiple things. We're going to kind of give you an insight to our group message that we spoke about that's going on for so long. Uh, we're going to let you get to know our best friends as well. But we're going to go ahead and jump in this episode. If you love this episode, leave us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple. But, guys, you know what to do. Open up that jar, pass that thing around, and enjoy. Pass the best friends. Oh man, this uh, this is going to go off the rails quickly. Very quick. Uh, like I said, we have our two best friends in this room today. Shane, how how excited are you about this episode? Well, excited's a, uh, it's a term I don't know if I would use. I'm nervous more so than anything. Like you said, this is going to go every way except correct. So yeah, I'm, I'm more nervous than excited. We're we're gonna we're gonna try to keep this uh, PG thirteen, but there are no guarantees. But folks, we have Dylan Reeves and Colby James in here. You've heard their names many, many, many times on this podcast because they're our best friends. We have shared memories over the past decade together. Colby, Dylan, whoever wants to go first, uh, introduce yourselves. Tell us where you're from, what you do, and a little bit more about yourself. Just let people know who they're listening to. Well, first off, I would like to start this off by saying anything said on this podcast is a legend. <laughs> so plausible deniability. I don't know if yeah. that will hold up in court. Just me saying a legend, but I'm gonna just you know repeat that. Uh, my name is Dylan Reeves. I've known these idiots for literally. I mean, I can't remember not knowing them. So uh, that's a good twenty years, probably. Yeah. Um, played a lot of golf with them. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, seen a lot of terrible Auburn defeats with uh, Shane. Mm. Um, but no, I'm, I'm from like Dora, went to Sumter Christian, uh, work at Alabama Power, been doing that for like, I guess, almost four years. So, Colbs. How's it going, everybody? Uh, it's Colby James. Uh, you know, grew up in the main streets of Empire. Uh, gang, gang. <laughs> yeah, right down the road from uh, Drake Pittman, only the uh, legendary blue store. Split with a halfway mark between our yeah. two houses. We probably could have came through the woods and been in each other's house. Yeah, easily, easily. I don't know what we might see in those woods in between <laughs> in there, something you probably don't want to see. It's Once again, allegedly. 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 <laughs> but yeah, uh, grew up in Empire, um, went to uh, Summerton and Dora High School, where I uh, met a couple of these boys, and then... Uh, I uh, went to the University of Alabama, and I am an engineer uh, now. At Tuscaloosa. Yes, the University of Alabama at Tuscaloosa, according to Shane. Uh, but yeah, I'm an engineer uh, in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, that's where I'm currently resigning. Yeah. Colby left the left the 6-4, but he didn't leave his heart in Birmingham. His heart's still in the 6-4. Oh, we absolutely. all know that. Absolutely. He's adding that Walker County flavor to Birmingham now. Exactly. <laughs> Taking us mainstream. So uh, we'll kind of give everybody a little bit of our own backgrounds as far as how we became friends. 
Uh, well, this may take a minute to get through, but Shane, real quick, tell us how you became friends with Colby and then with Dylan. Uh, I remember playing baseball against Colby coming up in the uh, Dizzy Dean leagues. We were always super envious of Summerton because they had ample people to pick from, and our little Sipsy squad was like, if you lived on 1st or 2nd Street in Sipsy, you played on the baseball team in Sipsy. <laughs> so, eh, you know, I'm not going to hold any old grudges, but I yeah, think uh, our friendship really blossomed once we got to Dora. Uh, was it 8th grade football or ninth grade? I think it was ninth grade. Uh, no, I, was, I think it was 8th grade. grade. Yeah. yeah. That was when the friendship really started to blossom and then playing baseball together in high school. Mm-hmm. Dora really missed out on what could have been, in my opinion, the best wide receiver and quarterback combo here in me and Colby. Hey, you know. Like Dylan said, allegedly, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but Colby had baseball dreams and decided to hang the cleats up for football, and I can't hate him, can't hate him for that. Uh, Dylan took me a little while longer to get to know Dylan. I knew of him in high school, just – through like you and Colby, uh, never really hung out that much with him until 2009. Yeah. I think it was 2009, and then a lot in 2010. I think 2010 was where me and Dylan were like inseparable, uh, bonded over the Auburn football team. Me, him, and Connor didn't miss a game. No, uh, didn't miss a game. There was a few where it looked pretty questionable. Because we never bought tickets beforehand, except for the national championship. <laughs> yeah. So that's a really uh, just a hit and hope. Oh yeah, it was just uh, show up and pray to God we get in. In golf terms, <laughs> yeah, we had a system. I don't. Yeah. I think we're ready to divulge the system. So uh, I think so. Yeah, we can do it. There was a guy who his sister worked at the front gate, and he had a scar running down the side of his face, kind of like uh, absolute Joker. N- yeah, it was a knife fight situation. Yeah, like, that's definitely how this scar is out there. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, once again, allegedly. Allegedly. But- um. Yeah. So he would, we would give him 50 bucks. And I'm talking about for any game. Iron Bowl, um, you know, LSU game was big that year. Anyway, we'd give him uh, 50 bucks. He'd walk up to the gate with a hat on and he'd hold up the number, however many people we had, like four, for instance, and then he'd lift his hat up and would follow right behind him, which was extremely illegal. We didn't have tickets. Yeah. And then we rode those coattails for a few years until I think he went to prison. But. I like there, to imagine that uh, he made enough money off of the system that he and his sister had in place there. He's probably got a nice place in Opelika now, just you know, living the dream. <laughs> well, there was a stint where we thought he went back to the went back to the pen. Yeah, and I think he did. There, there was about a two or three game stretch there Didn't where yeah, he was. Oh, just, two or three is a year. It was, was a year. It was a yep. full year. But luckily, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Of this yep. story, I ran into him at a Belk in Birmingham <laughs> uh, a year or two later. So he is doing well. And that's what that's what we're all about here, you know, promoting the positivity and whatnot. But yeah, uh, since then, it's been pretty much the four of us kind of insepar- inseparable, yeah, and insufferable. See, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've known God, I've known Dylan for ages. I mean, ages. Uh, probably I since think our parents knew each other. Yeah, though. that like, we used to go to church together. The Scog and Sunday Christian days. Yeah. Like we've always kind of known of each other. But we kind of really started being friends probably in high school, yeah. like or just hanging out on the regular because uh, Dylan's granddad was a marshal at Horse Creek when I worked there. So Dylan would always come up with him and we'd shoot the shit and everything. And 
we just kind of started hanging out the Walmart parking lot days. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. I'll, yeah. Also, I'd be remiss to say uh, shout out LD. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out. Always. Yeah. Always. Riding the uh, old red Chevy when Dylan threw those rims on it. Yeah. Shout out Rich Boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Dylan and I, like, we played golf together. There were time. We, Dylan and I have played 90 holes of golf in one day. Yeah. We started. No, no, we. <laughs> no, that wasn't allegedly unfortunate. <laughs> I think that was the beginning and the end of my, uh, well, beginning of my back trouble. <laughs> yeah. It was just strictly from that one day. We uh we played in the Scog Scramble. We teed off like 7 a.m. And this was in the summertime. So, and when we, you, when you, you worked at Horse Creek, you used to get free golf. And Dylan had started working at the creek this time. So we got free golf. We just kept going until it got dark, and it got dark at like almost nine o'clock. And by that time, we had finished our fifth round of eighteen holes, and I was like, "We just played ninety holes." Yeah. Had to be at work at five thirty the next morning. I woke up to uh, one of the employees of Forge Creek Golf Course calling me, asking me where I'm at, and I'm like, "Why?" And she's like, "It's seven o'clock. You're supposed to be here at five thirty. Mm. Yeah, and, we had some rough times up there at the creek. Yeah, but man, those are some good ones. Beers in the woods, not bears in the woods, but beers in the woods. <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. But Dylan and I, we like Dylan is, I consider Dylan one of my longest running best friends, but just because of how far we go back. And uh, me and Colby, I, I kind of threw everybody off at Colby's wedding because I was like, it all started with a MySpace message. And they're like, hold up, did you message Ashley over MySpace or Colby? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Colby. Because uh, Colby knew my brother. First, because they were kind of closer. He was still at Summerton when you were. Yeah, I knew Cantley for a few years yeah. before you and I really became friends. You started. We started MySpace's messaging about golf. Mm-hmm. And then one day I rolled up at the creek and I played with Colby and Cliff. And uh, it kind of went on from every, from there. We just Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, R.I.P. MySpace, too, by the way. Yeah. God. Oh, man. Talk about that guy, Tom. Yeah, yeah, shout out, what a shout genius, out our guy. Man. Just Get the money and get out when you can. Colby and I have been through some. Uh, I think uh, Kenny Rogers has a song about that. <laughs> yeah. Tom, wherever you're at, uh, if you're listening, uh, if you want to throw some of that money our way, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. The, the, we just started hanging out. I don't know why. Like, I'd pick him up from his house in Empire. And I always gave Colby shit because he'd come in my car with a hairbrush and cologne. I'm like, who are you planning on picking up tonight? You never <laughs> know. You never, never know. know. And then, uh, <laughs> like, when he started driving, He'd always get out of his car, pump that cologne out of his trunk. And I was like, so I've always given him shit about that. The guy's that. suave. <laughs> the guy's suave. Hey, and, but uh, Colby has stolen my vehicles <laughs> numerous times. Oh, yeah. Uh, Feel scion. But Colby, Colby's also been there like through the darkest times of my life. Like When I don't feel comfortable talking to anybody about it, like, I can text Colby. Uh, yeah, absolutely. When I've had deaths in the family, Colby's been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Colby and I are like the... I don't I don't know how to really describe our friendship. It's just it's stable but unstable because you never know how it's gonna how it's gonna be. Uh but we've always been there ever since I've known him. That's been what uh you were sixteen, so that's what, thirteen, fourteen years? Yeah. Well even before that, because, I mean you picked me up when I was like fourteen and fifteen yeah. and you gotta play golf, so I was only sixteen, just for the note. I wasn't like a twenty one year old picking up yeah. Colby. <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> yeah. Uh despite what these assholes may say but uh yeah colby colby's been like i consider colby my very best friend on the planet like i consider all these guys my best friends on the planet but uh colby's been like mr reliable and 
I think that's what kind of brought us all together. Is like we all we all developed our own relationships between each of us, mm-hmm. and yep, yep. Then one day we all just kind of we all found out we were a good hang together, and it just started rolling just made, into a lot of debauchery and shenanigans. Uh, uh, Colby, uh, you and Dylan can touch on our friendships if you want to. Yeah. Um, so Shane, I probably have uh, known the longest. Uh, getting, I got to thinking about it earlier today, and like you said, um, you know, we just kind of grew up playing sports against each other. Uh, him being, you know, Sipsy Boy, and me playing for Summerton or Dora Parks and Rec, you know, prior to school stuff. Uh, you know, grew up playing sports against each other, knew a lot of the Sipsy guys, just, uh, you know, Sipsy and Empire pretty close in proximity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my earliest memories of Shane and sports was, uh, Seventh grade basketball. Oh, man. Hey, hey, now. Go ahead and tell it. Yeah. So, uh, this is when Shane peaked, by the way. Yeah. Shane, you know, JJ Reddick, <laughs> Murray over there. Uh, you know, at Summerton, our seventh grade year, you know, we were like undefeated, you know, like seven and oh or something going in to play Sipsy and, uh, you know, expecting to just yeah, easy you dub, know, you know, easy blow dub. the doors oh, off yeah. of them. Absolutely. And, uh, we were told that coming into the game, too, by the way. Yeah, if if it wasn't for Shane and uh, Jamichael Swain, I don't think there would have been a point scored that night. <laughs> well, I mean, I I understand Shane probably had a great game, but let's let's talk about. We're it. talking about the third third place record holder of blocks in the state of Alabama. Oh, yeah, this was this was. I, I'll let Kobe tell yeah, it. I'll yeah, let Kobe tell it. a little more. Yeah, yeah, yeah look, hey, at this time, you know, we're at seventh grade, you know, 5'2", 110 pounds soaking wet. So, uh-huh. Michael wasn't quite the animal yeah. he, he became yet. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I remember, uh, you know, we got, we're playing at Summerton, and, you know, we come out all cocky and everything, and uh, we take an early lead. And then this uh, skinny little white dude, Shane Murray, just popping these threes. Uh, I, I think, had myself a day. Yeah, a guy goes off for like, I mean, like 34 points. I think he hits about 10 of them on three-pointers. Yeah. And uh, I think we're going into halftime like up by like three or four points, and we're thinking, you know, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> you know, where'd this kid come from? But, uh, but yeah, so that's probably like one of my earliest memories of Shane. Um, you know, after that, you know, I've told him that story a million times, uh, you know, when we first became like, Met a little more at Dora yeah. and became as close as as we are now. I'm like, man, I'll never forget. Like my first, my first like big main memory of you was just popping <laughs> off on us in sports. The funniest part of the week before, and like now that you brought it up, like those memories just you know flood back like they will. The week before that, we were playing, or not the week, like the game before that, we were playing at Valley, <clears throat> and it was kind of the same situation. Like this team we had, we didn't really carry a lot of notoriety with us when we went into opposing gyms. Everybody thought it was just going to be that easy wash dub, no no mm-hmm. problems. And we jumped out to an early lead on Valley, and we were up by like 18 or 19. And Jamichael gets a steal, and I'm snowboarding down the other end of the court. Why not, you know? He throws up a perfect pass, and I mean, there's literally no one within 20 foot of me. It's an easy layup all day. I catch it, put a dribble down, take a step back and pull to three from the corner, hit it. I mean, it was it was a pretty shot. I'm not going to lie. I think it was just because my muscle mass was just enough <laughs> that I could hit a wing three-point, yeah. no problem. Yeah. Hit it, and immediately Valley takes a timeout, and uh, Coach put me on the bench. 
immediately set me down. Mistakes. Mistakes were made. Well, his exact words were, if you ever blow an opportunity to take an easy layup like that, you'll never play again. <laughs> I was like, last time I checked, threes are worth more than two. Hey. And that was wet. That's about so the only a lot man. of people say, would, would just say that you were ahead of the game. Because I, I think the NBA, like statistically, they've broken it down into the analytics that the three-pointer is. Yeah. I mean, I'm that's no. more percentage-wise in a period of a game. I'm that's no the math play magician. Over easy layup. Exactly. I'm no math magician, but you know, three <laughs> is greater than two. Yeah. <laughs> and until somebody deep. can prove that wrong, I'm gonna live by it. That's about as deep as math you'll give a shame. One hundred percent. Yeah. Go ahead, Copes. Yeah. So that's uh, so that's my first memory of Shane Drake. Uh, kind of already gave you the intro on uh, our friendship. You know, uh, all started through MySpace and the game of golf. You know, two wonderful things in that era. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, been blessed to have a friend as great as he's been over these years. Like he said, you know, there's been lots of high times and lots of low times as, uh, you know, a friendship that's been going for, you know, 15 years Yeah, is going to have. I mean, you kind of walk through all different phases of life uh, as friends. And, uh, you know, just it all started with the game of golf, which, you know, that's kind of how I got introduced to Dylan as well. Um, cause Dylan, you know, went to Sumner Christian and, uh, you know, I didn't really know that many Sumner Christian folks at that point in time in life. Uh, thought you were just, you know, a little bit of snooty Sumner Christian. Well, I mean, we, uh, we do pay for our education and we're clearly, to, you know, clearly yeah. smarter. <laughs> us, us, you know, free education folks over there. I believe you were the one that also threw out the allegedly at the beginning of the podcast. We'll nope, can't relate on there. <laughs> can't relate. <laughs> but, uh. Uh, yeah, so I uh, I met Dylan um, actually through Drake, uh, just kind of hanging out and playing golf, and and Dylan worked at the golf course at the time, uh, and you know just I mean it was kind of instant. We all you know just clicked and became real close. Um, I'm just trying to think. I can think of some funny like good stories. Uh, <laughs> I'll kind of tell later on of like yeah, the early we'll stages of this. meeting Dylan. Us us three were the constant golf like tea time. And we always had like a rotating fourth. It was like Burden mm-hmm. and then Valdez and then multiple other people. But us three always played together during those two or three summers, like before I, I moved off. But yeah. that was like the constant was it's Friday or Saturday playing golf. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, these guys were working at the golf course and playing for free. And at the time, I was like playing on the golf team at Dora. So we got free rounds. So, I mean, every day it was. All right, when you guys get off work, we're hitting the course. So, I mean, you know, you got got pretty close pretty quick. And, uh, you know, Dylan uh been one of my closest friends, too. I mean, all three of these guys are, you know, the closest as close can be. But uh Dylan was kind of like my unofficial roommate at one point. Yeah, time. I kind of <laughs> lived with him for a little bit. <laughs> In Tuscaloosa, you He's kind of trying to find myself. Yeah, yeah. You He's know. not really doing anything. Yeah, you know, he was rocking those Tuesday-Thursday classes here so uh at Bevel. So it was like, you know, he'd get off get done Thursday and uh, he'd be in T-Town that night and, you know, kind of, he'd be there Thursday till Monday. So, you know, unofficial roommate for a while. Yeah. But, uh, I think we've all been unofficial roommates at some point at Colby's old condo in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, it was just a revolving door. Like, hey, y'all yeah. know uh, if the door's not unlocked, y'all can just climb around that uh, brick wall edge right yeah. there. I always leave the <laughs> back patio unlocked. We'll go into know. spider shane here in just a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dylan, you do what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, that was – I like like Drake kind of said. I mean, I've known Drake. I mean, like, I honestly think our parents kind of knew each other. But I don't remember 
meeting Drake because I've just always known him. Oh, <laughs> it, it's odd because like Colby and I have the Empire connection. Shane and I have like the Argo Sipsy connection because I also lived there for a while. Dylan and I are OGs of Crestview. Yeah, shout out Crestview. Um, man, Crestview. Those like we could do a separate pod on Crestview. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, like I said, me and Drake played a lot of rounds of golf together. Um, he was kind of like my big brother, I guess, in a lot of ways because. I mean, he's. I mean, what's fate? He's gonna be the only one that has a, a chance of seeing Social Security. So he was always driving us around, and um, he. So he kind of just chauffeured me back and forth to the golf course, and uh, had to go there. <laughs> and what a line! And so, uh, so yeah, I, I, man. Like I said, and then we worked together. We'd house somehow end up on the same shift, and then we had always. I mean, I. All through high school, I did every like everything with Drake. I mean, we'd run, I'd run into Colby, um, but I kind of met Colby like later. Well, I knew I knew Colby. I mean, who doesn't know Colby? I mean, come on now, <laughs> you're living that area. No, I kind of knew Colby uh, just in high school and stuff, but then kind of got really good friends with him, I guess, right around the end of high school, um, and somehow ended up <laughs> like like you said, living with him a little bit in Tuscaloosa unofficially. Um, had some good times down there. Uh, some uh, stories that we probably can't divulge because the statute of limitations is still yeah. not exceeded on those. Um, <laughs> but and then, like Shane said, I've I've known Shane. Um, I know his wife because she went some to Christian as well. Um, so I kind of knew of Shane, but I didn't really know Shane. And then 2010 Auburn season, like you said, we attended all those games. Um, we're still working on that book. We're writing a book about it. We haven't started yet. It's oh, just yeah. still in the memory bank. When it's published, you can find it on Past the Jar store. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And Amazon Books. Might be a sponsor. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> Auburn University, 2010, Cal Patties and Memories. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. And, <laughs> no, but we had, uh, we had some good times doing that, and then we just, I mean, ended up, you know, continuing on being friends i mean or the kind of kind of what a lot of people don't know is i planned shane's entire wedding even That's so fact. much so as picking <laughs> out his tuxedo that is a stone cold fact shane was off the grid for three months. well he was in the military yeah thank you, for, in- thank you for your service by the way <laughs> you're welcome um but no so Cortland, his wife is kind of like you know like uh can you like go look at tuxes and i was like yeah sure i kind of i Accidentally picked the most expensive one, of course. But um, Vera Wang, yeah, I remember that clearly. Vera Wang, I remember her texting me saying, "Hey, Dylan's going to look at Texas," and I was like, "Okay, that sounds good to me." And then maybe like an hour and a half, two hours later, she was like, "You need to look at Texas." I was like, Why? You the still Air- went with the ones I, I absolutely, chose. absolutely. I was like, "I mean, I know what I'm wearing." The Air Force <laughs> just gave me one for free, so I'm good. It's a game changer. Was not your wedding. Uh huh. Like, oh yeah, I remember. Mean, I think it was like a. $240 rental. I don't know. It was, close, it was borderline 300 It was yeah. more than, yeah, it was more than mine. Because I was like, <laughs> I'm still trying to pay off student debt, and I'm, how am I going to pay for this tux for Shane's sent, wedding? She sent me a sweats picture of it, like a screenshot of the picture at first, and it like, didn't have a price tag on it. I was like, black suit, yeah, it looks good. It was great. Well, I was like, oh, it's great. Yikes. That's how little attention I paid to it. <laughs> it was out of my control. I'm two state, three states away. But then she's like, it's like three hundred dollars, and I was like, "What? Well, they want to pay for it? By all means." I think there might <laughs> have been some nefarious, some nefarious stuff went on with mine because I don't think I paid that. I don't know if I if they thought I was the groom <laughs> because you, you didn't have to get one. one? Uh huh. Yeah, 
<laughs> so I hate to just now break that news, but I don't think I paid. Well, that's something the three of y'all yeah, can, we can settle. We can because uh, I was taken care of. <laughs> Men's Warehouse made a killing off us three. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like that was uh, three hundred dollars you didn't pay, and there's three of us in this room outside of you. That's about a hundred. You can leave tonight if you hand me a hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to like our friendship, like that, how they say like you can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends. Well, I never had an option to really choose these guys because we just all hung out. Like, even if I didn't like one of them, it's like, I got to because, you know, we all hang out all the time back then and stuff. And, you know, we're like a package deal. Right. It's you know? all or nothing. So, and fortunately, you know, I mean, they grew to be, you know, my best friends. And some of, I mean, I do anything at any times for any of them. They're all in my wedding. I mean, we're all in each other's weddings. And, I mean, uh, uh, well, <laughs> well, yeah, Shane. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, boys. I was off defending your freedom. My bad. Once again, thank you for your service. <laughs> um, but no, so I guess that's just my my take on it is that I mean we'll probably be friends forever. Yeah. It. Well, maybe. Well, know. now I will I will throw out because this is an allegedly podcast. That was probably the only like time where my military career somewhat mattered. Oh yeah, your deployment when we got married that was definitely a big one. So. It's whatever. I was okay with it. Oh, I do remember we had just uh they just caught the jet. They had just went and like bombed the shit out of Fallujah. Dropped like I think it was close to like four thousand pounds of bombs. And I'm standing in the wheel well, and there was one leaflet bomb that didn't get dropped from the bomb bay. And our weapons team was trying to clear it, and they're like, "Hey, you can't be around here." I was like, "Bruh, it's a concrete bomb with paper in it." Drop it on the ground and see if I care. Because <laughs> I was sending you that four-page text message about how sorry I was for missing your wedding. And as that rant I went on. Are we going to work through some shit? Because I kind of haven't forgiven you for it, but I'm okay with it. Same time. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> but, uh, like, I, I can't really remember how we started our group text that led to all of us hanging out. Oh, it was planning uh, for Atlanta, wasn't it? No. no. Well, that it was, was way before way that. before. It was uh, the it was March Madness, geez, and I want to say it was 2012. I think it was just it started because we that just want to start a bracket that. together. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that was yeah. it. We were going to start a March. Like, we were gonna... before 2012. I was already 21. It at was 12. it was 2010 or 2011. Yeah, because yeah. okay, we went to Atlanta like around the time of my 21st birthday. Okay, well, I know I know for a fact it was March Madness. I know that's what started it. <laughs> wow, I yeah. don't know why I remember that, but like that that detail is just like vivid is. I want it. I don't know. I, mean, I could we went be to, wrong. We went but to, I think I'm the one that texted the three of y'all. Yeah. Because I think me and you had like four different brackets where we had made like dream sheet bracket, realistic, straight under. Yeah, we're deep in the yeah, bracket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we honestly probably could have done a whole podcast on like how you should and should not fill out a bracket. <laughs> I felt like Jay Billis. Yeah. Like, uh, I know on the Atlanta trip, Dylan was 21 because he and I were the only ones that could buy beer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, y'all were the only ones that could consume it. Yeah, right. Allegedly. Because <laughs> uh, Dylan and I walked down Peachtree Street and saw some questionable characters while we were in some <laughs> bad hombres down <laughs> in that area. <laughs> but I remember that group text is what started. And then, uh, all, like we always said, all three of us had already played golf and Shane hasn't played golf yet. We took Shane to the golf course. I think that's what started. Like we realized, like we're all a good hang together. Uh, let, let's keep this train found rolling. Out why Shane hadn't played golf? <laughs> was it? Was this also the time you had the uh, honey badger hairdo going on? 
I think mm. it's pre. I think honey, yeah, I think that, that was pre. I think Honey Badger a, came out. Oh shoot, I don't remember. Yeah, no. Shane had a different hairstyle like every freaking week. No, it was it was prior. You had it before the Atlanta trip. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I don't know. But anyway, as you said, th- yeah, that, this hairstyle has changed numerous. several times. Oh, I got my my most favorite of Shane's hairstyles, which Drake and Dylan didn't even know him at this time. So uh, here we go. <laughs> roughly like tenth grade, uh, this kid was rocking <laughs> some frosted tips and would let his girlfriend at the time curl the edges out, so it, oh, you know yeah. had that perfect bama bang flip at the bottom. Yeah, oh, you talk about oh. some. Prime time lettuce. Oh, is that your is that your contact photo on my no, phone? No, no, this was this was ten. I think it was, I think it was after that because my hair had grown out. Okay, yeah, yeah this <laughs> was like circa oh eight oh nine. Yeah, I have like troll photos of all three of these guys as my contact <laughs> pictures in my phone. If you haven't uh, seen it, inquire about that because I had no idea until I seen a screenshot of a text message or something. I was like, "Nice picture, asshole." <laughs> I had to dive into the DoraHighSchool.com website. I used to have one for Drake. I used to have frosted tips as well. Uh, it was a thing, but we had like we all just kind of started hanging out at the golf course, and then it transpired to you didn't see one of us without the other three, or at least one or two in tow. Uh, that was like a stretch of like six years where you didn't see one of us without the other. Mm-hmm. Even when Colby was in Tuscaloosa, we'd still go down in Tuscaloosa. Uh, that's when we met Matt Leitner. Shout out to Matt. Uh, but uh, there'll be some stories about PTSD. Him on, PTSD. Sure. Next time that kid comes to Alabama, I'm having him on passenger. Oh, yeah. Whoa, that <laughs> might break not only lo- local and state laws, but also at the federal level. Uh, yeah, we, we've all grown together. Like I know for a fact, Colby and I have like discussed breakups and painful things. Like it's not, it's really uncomfortable to talk about with other people. And then, uh, like, deaths in the family, we've all experienced that together as well. But I know, like, Colby and I have been through the best and worst times together. Now it's life's dandy. Like, we still talk about real shit together. But we talk about football, soccer, (laughs) almost every single day. Like, Mm -hmm. our group text is still hasn't – it's not dead. Like, we still – we all have jobs. There's no algorithm to our group text. No. it's literally as all over the place as all over the place can get. It, it's it, no matter what we at least talk two or three days a week. Because uh, more than that, yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, gosh, no, we talk literally every single day. Yeah, yeah, and for that, hours. <laughs> I think that shows like uh, what we built together over those years because we had, we all that was the phase of life that we went through shit the bad shit and then we went through good shit together and it was like the good shit was caused by the bad shit <laughs> because like we would just you know hey boys let's let i'm going through it today let's let's hang out and no matter what like i said one over two of us was always available i can't believe we made it through my terrible pun phase mm. well have we really that hasn't ended, ended? <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think that just exclusively ended when you left for the military, and that was only because we weren't hanging out around. Now it's just legitimately called dad jokes for you now. Yeah, now it's now it's like I get it. Well, now it's acceptable for me to do it. Right, but back then it was just who's this asshole? Yeah, I mean it was just almost too much. (laughs) Oh no, it was it, and I knew it, and I just I couldn't quit it. Yeah, it was like a bad habit. I think, but 
I'm to blame too because I would just lob them for you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it was soft toss every day. <laughs> like I remember, uh, I can't remember the exact words of the text message when I knew what we were getting in the in the deal with Shane, like joining our, our friend group, was when he was at Disney World and made a comment about throwing up pizza on a roller coaster. And I was like, yeah, he fits right in with us. Yeah. He, zero craps given. You remember that? You look like you don't remember that. Not, dude, that Disney trip was god awful. <laughs> when he sent the picture of Simba hanging over the ledge, or uh, Mufasa hanging over the ledge, and him trying to catch yeah. Mufasa. <laughs> I mean, where I was in my life was just like I should not have been in Disney World around kids. <laughs> they say it's the happiest place on earth, but buddy, do I have an objection to that? I mean, I tried to make the most of it for like myself and it just oh man. I would love to go back now because I have kids and like I can enjoy it for what it is, but at that time I wanted nothing more than to just get the hell out of Orlando. <laughs> and it was roughly 4,000 degrees there. Shane was the troll. Shane still is the troll king. But he was peaking. <laughs> During that, when we first started that group message. And also, Shane was the only one. I don't think you had an iPhone or something. when Or group texts weren't a thing. I can't remember what it was. But we had like this weird. No, he was, a, he was the Android gang forever. And well, it was I just was. Like, derail was, our text messages when you get fifty. He has to change his number for the group text all the time. That was the well because we couldn't do like an actual official group chat. I had to do like third party apps, and so that's how it started. That's how it started. It started on like one of those WhatsApp type yeah, thing, and yeah. then we rolled it over once we all had. Yeah. Once I got on the iPhone gang, and we were all like, "Oh, iMessage is a thing." And then we yeah. Then we all had Xbox Live, and we played a uh, Tiger Woods. Like, we kept saying, it's your typical, like, you see still these days, like, hey, boys, I'm getting off. Well, hold up. Let, let's talk about this. And we played Tiger for, like, nine hours, which that's also when we didn't have jobs, wives, and mm. things to handle. Uh, God dang. Uh, so, let, let's talk about Tuscaloosa for a quick minute. because Do I we have like, to? I mean, <laughs> I feel like some people should know the things we got into down there. Uh, all I'll say is Luau. Oh, that's fine. That's all the you rest have to of that's say. redacted. And, and well, it's fine. I can speak about my Luau experience because ninety nine point nine percent of it I don't remember. Shane had a great time for the forty two minutes that he was conscious. <laughs> yeah. And let me shout say, out he, to that kid that just decided to lace a can of four locos. Shane would have been the hot man of the party just because of what he was wearing, but he decided to take a four loco from a stranger. I mean... He had a Charlie Conway jersey on. When in Rome, I I came there with the intent of, like you said, I was I was there to have a good time. I wanted everybody around me to have a good time. I felt like the Conway jersey was just top notch. Like, that's a conversation starter. I was in a good place. And then I went to the bathroom. And it all went downhill from there. This kid, he looked like he was hurting. So me being the <laughs> the the type of person that I am, I was just trying to help him out. He didn't say he said he couldn't finish it, so I was like, "Buddy, let me get it from you." And I went ahead and housed it right in front of him, kind of to demoralize him. Like, this is what you can't do. Type I'm situation. Uh huh. Exactly. <sighs> that was a mistake. Because the next thing I remember was Colby waking me up on a couch saying, "Hey." 
we got to get out of here. And by we, he means you. (laughs) The next thing I remember was waking up in his back seat and him saying, dude, please don't throw up in my car. I don't think I did. I Like I said, yeah. can't speak for it. It's Corinthian no, leather. You survived. You survived. Okay. And then what could have been 30 minutes but felt like 30 years, I woke up stark naked in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> in Colby's apartment. Just Not just some random bathtub, but in Colby's apartment in a bathtub. So the funniest part, the funniest story to me uh, is... So our other friend Mason, shout out Mason Bailey, was was there. He had ne- he had only been to Colby's apartment one time. Well, he couldn't get a hold of any of us, so he's tasked with driving him, his wife, Shane, and Cortland back to. Not Shane. Shane was gone. No, Shane, yeah, Shane, Shane was Shane gone. Home. Yeah, Colby oh, okay, took me okay, home. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Well, he he was he was driving them back. Mm-hmm. And had no clue how to get to Colby's apartment. Yeah. So he's just aimlessly driving into Tuscaloosa, pulls into a random apartment complex to turn around. And he's like, and I think it was Cortland was like, wait, that's Colby's apartment <laughs> of all of Tuscaloosa. <laughs> he just happened to pick the one that he turned around in. But yeah. Yeah. To, uh, to preface this story a little bit, uh, speaking of Matt Leitner, the, this all sort of went downhill and started because of Matt Leitner. Oh, it uh, did. It did. You know, Shane gets in town. Everybody gets in town. And, uh, you know, Shane's never uh, met a beer he couldn't drink or a competition he didn't want to compete well, in. Mm-hmm. We'll get into the beer he didn't he couldn't drink later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I think at this point y'all had met uh, Leitner quite a few times. Yeah. But, uh you know, we're getting ready. I think we went to like Bear Trap in Tuscaloosa just to start the evening off, and you know, getting some some cheap pitchers of beer and whatnot. And uh, Shane and Matt are trying to just like go toe for toe for beers, and uh, you know, housing I'm, them. Yeah, just housing them. I and mean, Matt was a seasoned veteran, yeah, and I was a rookie in the franchise. Yeah. And you know, I'm telling Shane, I'm like, look, and I'm like, you know, Lightner's a pro. He does this on the regular. You know, just, just, just stubbornness will get you a long way. Yeah. Like all the way to a couch. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just ease into the evening. But, uh, you know, thankfully the kid had the Conway jersey on because that was uh, the only way some the people that came to get me to tell me (laughs) he was passed out in the four year couch at the fraternity house was, uh, you know, I feel like they were coming to tell me my dog peed somewhere. (laughs) Hey man, your buddy in the Conway jerseys, you know, faced out on the couch in the four year. Uh, (laughs) And it's only eight forty five at night, so you know, come come and get it. And, uh, but yeah, well, that, that was a that was a wonderful wonderful evening for Shane. Oh yeah, one yeah. of my favorite Tuscaloosa memories was uh, that was the, it was the same night that uh, everybody had left, and I was like, I'm looking around, I was like, okay, where where's my friends? Uh, I, I don't know anybody in this room, so I just left Colby's fraternity house and just started walking. I was like, okay, I'm going to get to some point, and I'll be able to call somebody or whatever. And I'll walk right into Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah. Dylan and I were like, do you know where anybody's at? And he was like, no. That's when we stumbled into Mike Jones concert. Yeah, we walked straight up to a crawfish boil at another fraternity house that was hosting Mike Jones. Dylan and I give Who? zero shits about Mike Jones playing. We were sitting over there Who? at this table in this in this yard housing crawfish. I, I think it was like five minutes before we even noticed that Mike Jones. Yeah. Who was even <laughs> playing? 
I think we were just eating crawfish and just we heard something and we're like, wow, is that my, a Mike Dillon song? And we found enough, we found this on stage. We found this cooler. Dylan's like, that's a badass cooler. I kind of want that. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. So, I don't know how, but I came in possession of that thing, and the last time I saw it was like 2014, and it was in <laughs> it was at my cousin's house on his front porch because he sent a picture. No, it was. It was after that because I had left. It was when I first got to tech school because he sent me a picture of it. And was like, "Is is this your cooler sitting on his front porch?" No clue how it got there. Oh no, this story <laughs> takes an interesting turn. All right, somehow it ended up back at my house. Right, this thing's been around. And I found it like probably three or four years ago and opened it up. But, oh yeah! Oh, I, I told smell. I told him I was smell. like, "The best thing you can do is just burn that." Well, also there was a beer. That had like congealed into the bottom, <laughs> and the can was just shoved, standing straight up in it. And I was like, "This is going to the garbage dump." And it met its demise at I think BFI probably. When was that? Like two years ago. Okay, three years ago. I don't know how it got from his house to yours. I, I think I, you brought it. I had to have just as a joke. Yeah, I just remember when Dylan said, "I want that cooler." I was like, "All right, let me go on this other side of this fence." I said, "Because you're not walking out of here with it. We're gonna have to." kind of pull a Geronimo move on this. So I go on this other side of the fence. And I was And Dylan we're, just, we're not talking about it yet. Just for Yeah, it's not Yeti. My, oh, no, yeah, this just was, so people don't think I'm a, a scumbag. It was like a really like terrible It was like, like a $10, $10 igloo. igloo. Yeah. yeah. Next thing you know, Dylan's like, here it comes. And all of a sudden I'll just look up and I see his igloo cooler coming over this picket fence. I just kind of I just kind of tried to like stop the force so it wouldn't bust open. So we carried it, and I can't remember. We picked up a St. Louis Car- or a St. Louis Cardinals fan, picked us up, and took us back to Colby's apartment. No, we ran into um, Colby Eady. Yeah, yeah, Colby Eady. Shout out yeah. Colby Eady. And he picked up a random person, which was we ended up going to Jimmy John's, which always happened, and then we yeah. went to Colby's. I remember Dylan. <laughs> Dylan had on a a blazer and a Horse Creek uh, basket hat. Because that's back in the Vine days. Because yeah. Dylan's just sitting there house in a sandwich in that hat. <laughs> yeah. I do remember the next morning that because I mean obviously we've talked about the story so many times that like now I'm starting to piece together parts of the night. But I do remember the next like the one thing that was constant like for a year or two after that was what I don't remember where we went to eat, but it was like nine thirty ten o'clock in the morning. And everybody's sitting around this super long table and just hung over and just looking like death. And I felt like a million bucks. <laughs> like I could not, I was on cloud nine. Yeah, I think, uh, I'm trying to think back where it was. It was some little breakfast place uh-huh. down by uh, the Warrior River down there. And I remember just thinking, like, I cannot get enough, like, alcohol into my system this early in the morning to feel any better about life but Shane's just over there just killing it I was like I said I mean I woke up feeling like a brand new man yeah for not sleep yeah I had like three nights sleep <laughs> yeah I, I remember in, I was out by 8 45 yeah uh talking about Dylan waking up in a blazer I, the funniest thing was that next morning like I woke up and I like passed out before Drake and Dylan come back and so I wake up the next morning and like I go walking into the living room and 
Dylan's laid up like in a reclining chair. Didn't no, I was even... on the couch because that was my bed at the time when I, was, I unofficially I in... stayed with him. I was in the recliner. Yeah, Drake was in the recliner without even kicked up the recliner, just like the chair just, part yeah. just passed out, like <laughs> breaking his neck. In a blazer. Yeah. Dylan's laid out on the couch in a blazer. And at this time, I didn't even know Colby Edie other than like knowing of like who he was a little bit. And he's just passed out, based out on my floor. I'm like, all right, okay, what's up, everybody? I was like, how was y'all's evening? I remember Colby walking in and just started laughing. And I just looked at him and was like, what's up? Yeah, it was tough times. Also, shout out Cam Newton. I'll leave it at I, that. I was going to, I was going to <laughs> ask if we were going to bring up Drake's Cam Newton story, but we're not, so that's good. That's yeah, good. We're not. That, that was, what, seven years ago? But we'll leave it at seven years ago. Hey, everybody gets a second chance. I mean, look at him now. Thriving. I mean. <laughs> yeah. <Yikes>. Allegedly. <laughs> Plausible deniability. Uh, but let's talk about let's talk about Atlanta just for a few minutes uh, and then we'll jump into the next topic. But uh Atlanta was like we were counting that down like months in advance. And we had we'd all purchased tickets, and we we sat in a different seat every single game. Well, that was the best part about it was, I think it was somebody you knew, right? That had like hooked us up with that first game ticket. Yeah, it was no. I I constantly or it was like bought, that Saturday. I constantly bought tickets from this dude off eBay because that's when I went to like Atlanta games at least once a week. Uh-huh. Uh So like he we actually exchanged numbers, so he'd just sell me his tickets that he didn't want to go to. It was right there behind home plate. It was mm-hmm. like on the second tier. Well, because that was what got it started. Was like you you told us you had tickets for one game, and we're like, well, let's just make a weekend out of it, and we'll just buy like general admission tickets when we get there. And it ended up being like the best possible scenario for us because at that time the Braves really weren't thriving, and so you could get into the game for like ten bucks and sit anywhere in the stadium you wanted. That usher was real quick saying, I don't give a shit where you sit. <laughs> There's nobody here. The lights went out that well. We can, yeah. Yeah. The lights went out. There, there was that time the lights went out in Georgia. Well, we also took a cab there and then got ghosted on the way out. <laughs> yeah. But there was like an hour delay. Oh, it was longer than that. Pouring rain. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like a three hour But then delay. the lights went out. It was like a. Well, that was it. They So we had the rain delay, which was, it was like a one thirty start. And then a rain delay at like three. Pushed us to like five, and then when they were they had just got the game started again, stadium lights go out, so we've got another delay. The game ended up finishing at like ten thirty, eleven o'clock. Yeah, was that baseball games will run long, but not ten hours. Was that the night that our cabbie left us hanging? Yeah, this is before Uber. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. this was when we were calling every cab service in the Atlanta metro area, and they're all telling us, (laughs) "Good luck." So we decided to uh, just go ahead and trek it and phew, made better choices. That was that was the night where I legit was like, these are my brothers because we just traveled through hell and back. Literally. And had some chicken and waffles on the way. I mean, it really wasn't as bad as initially I thought it would be. You, no, so we... Yeah. It was just I a long-ass walk. It was just a long the, walk. It was a really long walk. And I think what really helped us was that we anticipated it being so bad when we started out on the walk. That any little thing, not to the level we expected, just made it seem so much better. Like there was really only one sketchy part of it. Yeah. When that like group of homeless dudes came out when we were right beside uh, 
we were still at, it was right outside of Gladys Knight. Nice yeah. 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 It's kind of when we started going towards underground Atlanta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was more scared that we were just going to get bundled by some cars like when we had to walk down the, <laughs> yeah. the interstate. Oh, yeah. We did have to walk across the interstate, mm-hmm. yeah. didn't we? Oh, man. <sighs> we even had a Gladys Knight's chicken and waffles. and uh, Well, I think, who was Was it me and you that had to go plates or me and you? We all had to go plates. We all did. Okay. Yeah. Which this was this is after uh, we all didn't arrive with our hotel at our hotel with those to go plates. No, I was gonna say hindsight, great choice there taking it to go plate. Yeah, yeah. barter your way out of some situations. <laughs> yeah, speak, speaking of bartering, Shane, uh, at, while we're sitting at the table at the time, was uh, wearing a 2010 Auburn National Championship re- replica ring. Uh, gang, gang, and. Uh, the waitress noticed it, and you know, obviously, sees giant ring on his finger. Asks what it is, and uh, what'd you tell her? You were the backup so, punter, or something? No, like uh, Dylan was a punter. I was a long snapper. <laughs> yeah, and luckily, mine and Dylan's knowledge of Auburn football ran very deep because her cousin was on the defensive line. Yeah, we so just faked we, it till we made it. Exa- she dropped that name, and it instantly clicked with me and Dylan. So we we're like, "Oh yeah, we know whatever his name was at the time." And I think it was Dylan that hit her with a, hey, when you see him, tell him so-and-so said what's up. (laughs) That's how you sell a lie. Yeah. I think we got like some uh, free uh, order of bacon or something. Yeah, she threw some sides at us. Yeah, it was was nice. But uh, walking out of Gladys Knight's Chicken and Waffles, you know, full as a tick, getting ready to make the final trek to the hotel. Uh, One of the more hilarious parts was, when we get out of the door, you know, speaking of like the the group of homeless people that came up, one of them comes walking up and just says, "Hey, y'all guys, don't worry, your truck's just fine over here." And <laughs> this is like, you know, we just walked probably two miles to get there. We're like, "Yeah, man, we, you know, we walked here. We don't have a truck." And he's like, "Oh, well, we don't see many white people down here. <laughs> yeah, thought it was y'all's." Which now, you know, now that you bring it up, we probably should have just been like, "All right, cool. You still got the keys? <laughs> see how we can work this deal." We were like gladly parked in front of that hotel. <laughs> yeah, that just off the rail story reminds me of when we went to Athens and we just saw that homeless man just waving people in the park at these businesses, taking their money and then just hitting the road. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was, I mean, talk about a con artist. Dude, that is a great I move. Mean, yeah, well, who's going to stop him? Right. And who's, especially on a game day, like, you just see somebody fanning you into what looks like an open parking spot. Yep. Yeah, you're going to jump on that. Yeah. My favorite part about Atlanta was when we left, like we we had all those beer cans and beer balls because this is when we drank uh, Platinums. At My the favorite part of well, Atlanta this was, was just absolutely railing Kirk Newenhouse. To a poor guy. Cut your hair. Oh, yeah. Shout out Cut to our guy hair. Kirk Newenhouse is out of the league. I looked him up the other day. Kind of felt bad for him. Probably was our fault. Hey, I like to imagine so. Don't yeah. play for the Mets. But like, just cut his hair. That's all he had to do. We, we had lined beer cans and bottles all around the hotel room and uh going back to what colby said was this shane will drink any beer in front of him this was when shane swore that beer beer tasted like popcorn well he would drink nothing but four locos yeah well at that point i was strictly on liqueurs mainly jack daniels and or aristocrat vodka you know the the classy stuff. Yeah, well, shout out to Grasswater. A little bit of hypnotic mixed in here. <laughs> I would dabble. I remember Colby. Uh, Colby had locked himself in the bathroom during a but, stressful time, and he came out and had punched the wall, and he didn't break the wall. <laughs> 
but I, I had let him sit on it for months, and I was like, dude, I had a $250 charge on my credit card because you punched a <laughs> hole in the wall. So I just let him stew on it. When he came home, I was like, yeah, by the way, uh, that didn't happen. Complete bullshit. <laughs> oh, we also saw a drug deal off our balcony. Oh, I mean, not we had a borderline that. drug deal in our yeah. room. Oh, yeah, the Nike we, bag. We went to uh, move a table from one of the bedrooms and to play beer pong with. And uh, I think me and Shane grabbed the table in the second we shipped the table. A little tiny Nike bag, Ziploc bag of weed just falls out on the floor. And we're like, what? Welcome Keep to in Atlanta. mind, like we're like we're not staying and just like you, you no. Know, this was not some rundown. Yeah, thing. we're staying like Drake hooked us up with some like five star hotel. I don't remember there. the name of it, but I know it had a pool on the rooftop. And to me, that's classy. Yeah, well, we, it was. Yeah, high. this we're not talking Warrior River Inn. We're <laughs> talking uh, was that Hampton up there? No, it was the uh, no. It, it was no, affiliated it, with something though. Wasn't yeah. It? I just remember there's way too many no. Peachtree Street Boulevard roads in downtown Atlanta. Like, figure it out. Yeah, right. Yeah, I remember walking in the door with a 30 rack in, of Natty in tow. And, it like, was the Georgian Terrace. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, the whole, like, entryway is nothing but marble. So I'm yeah. just like, oh, I don't belong here. We're about to tear this shit Well, like, down. they had that big, elegant, like, glass elevator right in the middle of the lobby, too. And I... As you're going up, up, like I just remember because you were in front of me, and like I took a mental picture of like Colby carrying a thirty rack of natties (laughs) in, and there's just this beautiful glass elevator (laughs) right in the center of this marble floored lobby, and I'm like, oh, we do not belong. Only the finest. Yeah, four Walker County boys do not belong here. I had a wonderful photo of Shane for the longest time. It was my contact photo of uh, old. Batman Shane Murray just Damn. keep in mind like oh, when he's this place is pole. yeah oh, we this, were, I mean we're we like were up 15 there. <laughs> 16 stories up I mean and Shane you know for the picture you know gotta do it for the gram <laughs> gram hops out over the ledge of the rooftop and gets on this <laughs> pedestal on the corner of the building like a know? gargoyle yeah like a gargoyle <laughs> roughly you know 160 170 feet up in the air and you know posts up for a photo I mean, it wasn't, about, it wasn't gonna until, hurt if I fail. Yeah, I mean, no. it's, it's a good point. <laughs> Shock, you pass out all the way down. Oh, exactly. Right? So, What's that? Is it was we were close to the Westin in that one tall ass building in Atlanta that you can see when uh when like even when you're going to Six Flags, like you yeah. see at the top of that building. We were right there beside that building, so Shane just perched up and took that picture. Well, and, we uh, we called it the bat. Like, that was the building we used to like guide us back to the hotel yeah, that yeah, we walked so. from the Ted. Yeah. yeah. We're like that's the Batman building. That's yeah. where we got to go. And it 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 stretched like probably 20 or 30 stories higher than what we were. So Shane's just yeah, sitting there. would have been a terrace on that bad boy. I'd have been on it. <laughs> Shane falls backwards. It's game over. Yeah. Like no, it was forward cuz I was facing out. There's I no do remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Shane falls forward, game over. Yeah. That was what I was telling myself if you fall, fall back. <laughs> That Atlanta trip, though, uh, dudes, like, I think that was what really kind of tied the knots into all of us just constantly hanging out because it was it was a fun trip, but the uh, the shenanigans that happened showed that we could go through all the tough and wild times together as well and ha- could handle whatever life threw at us as long as we had each other. But uh, 
Absolutely, dude. Yeah, like life's changed a little bit now. Uh, every single man in here has a is married. We have wives now. Um, Colby, most recently, uh, this past June yep. on the twentieth, he got married on Dylan's birthday, which is selfish, unbelievably the most selfish thing I've <laughs> ever a, seen. What a selfish <laughs> asshole! Let's take Dylan's hey. glory. Well, hold on now, because I'm. <laughs> I'm going to lob one to Kobe right here. He'll never forget your birthday now. Yeah. And I'll always remind you your anniversary. So, boom, yeah, there you go. You know, I'll sing happy birthday to me, which is a, a very kind <laughs> gesture. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I didn't I mean, get a cake. A lot of people would be up in arms about that. I'm a bigger my, person. My golf bag cake was technically half of your cake. Oh, the Alabama one? Yep. Yeah. Right down yeah. my alley. Yeah. The, the half of the, <laughs> the cake that didn't have the Alabama logo was. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, good, good we ironed that out. Yeah, I'm just kidding. It, it, Y'all be able to reach out, like uh, Colby. Colby, be like Dylan. Well, what's today? He's like, it's my birthday. It's my anniversary. Yeah. Because like Seth Cummings said, you'll only forget it once. Yeah. And uh, that is true. Shane was the first one of us to uh, to tie the knot. And like he said, he wasn't even here for the whole wedding planning process. What's well, like the definition of strike while the iron's hot? You know, I I had a surefire thing there, and I felt like where I was going if I didn't. If I didn't get married then, the relationship was about to take some some tolls because how do you have someone three states away in a relationship that you can really only see as the government would allow, which for me for the next year was going to be slim to never. Corlin was still in school at the time, so it wasn't like she was just going to be able to come visit me all willy-nilly, so... We got married, how old was that, 24? 24. You see, she struggling, math. Well, I, I had the thing, you know, you take the two, divide by three, carry the one. We didn't have there. calculus at Dora, just for preference. We had calculators, not calculus. <laughs> you know, we got married when I was uh, 24, fresh into the military, and shout out to Cortland for just saying, you know what, I'm going to uproot everything I know and move two states away from family and friends just to help me like support what I was doing. Which, looking back on it, you know, I felt like at that point in my life was really about all I had going for me as far as like a career. Because I was never going to finish school and I was never going to pick something that allowed me to go ahead and start and kind of help me in my path. Because the road I was on was just going to lead to nowhere good. Yeah. And like I said, shout out to her for agreeing to come on that journey with me because she could have just as easily said, uh, no, you have these plans of moving off and that's just not what I want to do. Yeah. So I give I give all the credit in the world to her for for me lasting as long as I did in the military and being as stable as I was because without her there, again, I don't know that you know, my military career even goes as smooth as it did. Back to your what? Like your wedding was a, uh, it was a wild time because you weren't here for most of it. So we just kind of like communicated through our group text of how everything was going to go and what we were going to do for it. Uh, and then your bachelor party, uh, somebody walk us through the uh, the best pass in world history of a Sprite cup. Well, I don't know how much <laughs> Shane wants to divulge, but. Go ahead. He was having a tough time uh, walking, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to put it bluntly. The, so roads, <laughs> the roads are slanted very badly. 
we're going back to uh, the hotel we're staying at, and I'm walk. He's walking. I'm kind of assisting carrying him. Dylan's we were, my crunch. We were yeah. owls, by the way. Yeah. Shout out to owls. So, I guess from my perspective, I'm sitting there walking. Well, Shane had a burst of energy, so he just took <laughs> off. So I'm like, man, I gotta chase him down. He's gonna get just just pounced by a car. By, yeah. So all of a sudden, I just feel. So then explode on my shoulder, and I look, <laughs> and our friend, once again, shout out Mason Bailey, had launched a Sprite, probably no less than 35 yards. Yeah, at least. At um, least. Good enough to where the Jets would probably take him 1-1 <laughs> if, if that was the – if they would have seen that, had we had that on film. But he launched that Sprite, just smoked around the back, immediately started apologizing <laughs> – I was unbelievably impressed with the throw. <laughs> Couldn't even be mad. Well, it was one of those things where it's like, ah, there's no way I can hit him. <laughs> yeah. We're related to golf. You're sitting on a par five waiting on somebody to clear the green. Ah, there's no way I can make it. And you just smoke that three wood into him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was something. So, Shane, uh, just in a couple of sentences, how has uh, married life changed you from the early days of all of us hanging out? Uh, for the better? If you just want me to put it in one sentence, for the better. One sentence is impressive. That's good. Um, well, like we touched on earlier, I was reckless, wild. I mean, I still have a little bit of a wild side. That's just who I am as a person. But getting married, I think really I credit a lot of it to, like I said, to Cortland for moving two states away with me. But just the fact that once we got into our marriage and were so far away from family and friends, we had to have each other. Like we had to rely on one another and that just made our bond that much stronger. Yeah. So for us, I don't want to use the phrase easy. It was more of like, this is what we have to do. And that made us better. Yeah. And then, like I said, her dealing with me deploying, going TDY to different places and leaving her that like, we would always joke, like, I always told her whenever I'd come back, you know, where do you want to go, like, to eat or whatever? And she'd be like, well, you have, you've been away, so you pick. And I'm like, well, you've lived here longer, so <laughs> tell me what your favorite places are. But, I mean, I can't imagine my life being as good as it is now without her. Yeah. So, you were married two years before Brittany and I got married. Mm-hmm. Uh like our relationship kind of came out of nowhere. Was, I think Colby was the first one I'd text and was like, yo, I think I want to marry her. <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, she's a good woman. And uh, yeah, y'all kind of click and stuff. So she's put out with you this long. She's a hell of a woman. Anybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, anybody could put up with me for this long. Deserves an award. <laughs> yeah. When uh, we were planning the wedding and everything, Shane didn't know like, quiet when he was going to get deployed and stuff. So we we're still planning every single thing as if shame we're going to be here. And I was like, man, this is going to be like all four of us are about to be at all four weddings, take part in all four bachelor parties and all that. And then Shane gets sent off. But I was like, you know what? It's not going to stop this good time, especially when we went to Nashville and had that cow skin elevator. Uh, I just remember I was blackout and I was rubbing on. I was like, it's a Jeffrey. It's a Jeffrey. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was a good time. And then, like, <clears throat> ever since we've been friends, I know for sure, like, uh, being married has helped me mature 
because I was I was like Shane, I was reckless, like didn't give two shits what happened to me. Because like we've talked about two or three times, like Colby, Shane, and I were like, we're gonna die for twenty five, like just because we're so reckless. One billion. Percent. And uh, but yeah, being married for me, man, like, and being able to maintain uh, friendships to me, that's what matters the most because. Like I said, we still talk every day. We get together pretty often now that, once again, Shane decided to come home. But, uh, yeah, it's being married changes you, but it's for the better. And in in my opinion, it's made me a better friend to you guys because I learned how to actually listen and kind of be able to expand on whatever one of us is going through, no matter when it is, because you know how to handle stuff right there on the spot as you should in the marriage. Dylan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dylan. Dylan's third in line to get married. Yeah. Uh, August 3rd, 2019. What uh, a flex. Man, this brain, you can't sneak nothing by it. <laughs> May 21st, 2016. Where are you at, Shane? Oh, he's got a cheat sheet. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm smart. I put it on my body, so I'll never forget. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, um, Dylan. No, I mean, just like you said, I mean, you kind of have to care for somebody else other than yourself. I'm not saying like I was a pretty selfish person. I just probably wasn't the cleanest person. Probably wasn't the like most responsible. Like, oh yeah, I'll just put this off till, till tomorrow and stuff like that. And then getting married, I mean, you kind of just have to like think about other people other than yourself. And it's not even you really have to think about it. You kind of just do it because you love that person. You kind of just that just how it happens. But, I mean, being married's the best. We, me and my wife joke all the time. Like, I couldn't imagine like having to like try to date somebody again. Mm-hmm. I Especially just, not now. The, I, yeah, I couldn't imagine. It gives me anxiety trying to even think about. I'd that, rather be lonely than near the dating. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. But um, but no, I mean you're. I mean you literally live with your best friend. You do everything with your best friend. I mean it's. I mean, there's nothing like it. I mean it's. I mean there's always going to be bumps in the road. You know, getting used to like, hey, you do this this way, I do this this way, and you know, you find common ground. Usually, your your wife, if you're smart, your wives win. <laughs> but um. But no, I mean it's uh, it was. I mean it's been the best year of my life. Just uh, even though <laughs> Corona and all all kinds of stuff. And but I mean personally, it's been one of the best years of my life as far as like my happiness with you know um, just how everything's going and stuff. And uh, we had a pretty good time at the wedding too. Yeah, your boy did we. Dylan's wedding was <laughs> one to remember slash half forgotten. Yeah, because, it was. Yeah. It was something. I we uh, and it wasn't just the reception afterwards. I don't know if you were privy to that, but the groomsmen were partaking well early into the morning through the wedding. I remember I got and sent into the reception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I knew that. Um, <laughs> I got sent to look for them because I'd also a couple of us had also separated and partake, partook, whatever. And uh, they were like, "Hey, y'all need to go find X, X, and X." And Shane, and I was like, "Okay." Uh, walked all around that big ass church, couldn't find them, and then all of a sudden, I just see them one by one exiting off the shuttle bus that we had all took. <laughs> the the most one of the mo- the reception was awesome, but one of the most fun times is the the trolley from the church to the reception. Absolutely, oh, dude, the videos when, I was when, when uh UGK started playing. That was like, uh, yeah, yeah that was, that's when that was... bus kind of flipped the script on everybody. And that guy was driving reckless. I know, like <laughs> the we, guy. Like the guy so was just—he was determined to get us there. Yeah, to, like, to yeah. Quote it didn't our matter friend, what got in his way, he was getting us there. To quote our friend Houston Lucky, his blinker meant 
I don't, I'm not asking to come over. I'm coming over. <laughs> no, my cousin was right behind us and was filming it. He's like, "This is a trolley is going to literally fill up," <laughs> and we were dancing, hitting bombs. It was it was fun, but no, we had a good time at the reception, man. That was that might have been my best stretch of music, like oh yeah, ever. Because <laughs> I don't shout I, out to whoever had the the phone. I think it might have been my wife's. I don't that know. Still had the uh, jack. Yes, exactly. Oh, because yeah. we kept. The speaker, we could only hook up to the radio in the trolley, and I'm pretty sure it was Courtney, yeah. was the only one that still had an iPhone with a headphone jack, <laughs> because everybody else was just looking for a dongle in, like, well, it was mostly just the bridesmaids, yeah. but like, searching their little purses, whatever the crap they're called, the little small ones. Obviously, nobody had one, and then Courtney just comes in in the clutch. and I th- That's what's called a clutch. Yeah, it is. The purse. It's a clutch. Oh, look at this guy. <laughs> Unintentional dad jokes. <laughs> All I know is that at one point, there's people on people's shoulders. Um, at other points, there was somebody came in to sweep glass off the floor. Sorry. And Shane <laughs> just decided that he was going to act like he was jump roping the broom <laughs> while they were sweeping. Oh. Um, we kept on. So we ran out of. So we had we had Coors Light, which eh, you know is what it is. But um, not shout good out Colorado Cooler. So greatest, but that was one, that was one of the better options. Is. So we went up there to get in there, like uh, yeah, like uh, we're out, and we're like, okay, well, we come back like an hour later, and and they had some more, so we got some more. Come back another hour later, we're out. Okay, y'all gonna get some more. We do not have any more Coors Light <laughs> in this entire building. Oh, we have all the beers. <laughs> Me and. Uh, me and KT got absolutely grilled by the uh, security guards there because uh, we had brought in the big, the big Yeti. Yeti. Oh and, yeah, oh, stashed yeah. it under the uh, yeah. reception desk. Yeah, we stashed it under the reception desk because they wouldn't let us take it up into like the club part, uh, you know, where the reception was, and you know, run out of beer. Only thing left was like, it's like a random IPA or something, and there were only a few of those. So me and KT were like, all right, yeah, let's. Go downstairs and bring up the cooler of like all the cores and stuff we had left. We get that thing up the elevator, and the second we step off the elevator, they just immediately lay into both of us, <laughs> not being able to have that cooler in there. But, but yeah, that was man, that was a good time. That was a uh, and then pro move before the bar closes for all you guys out there. Have all your groomsmen go get two beers at a time and just squirrel them on the table. I bet you we had probably no joke, like twenty five yeah. <laughs> opened, but not uh, even a sip out of IPAs is all we had left. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so Dylan, Dylan, in one one or two sentences, uh, how's marriage changed your life since we all met? Uh, it's probably made, like you said, it's made me a better friend. It's made me um, listen a lot more. Because I'm very single-track-minded. Um, maybe a touch of ADD. I, who knows? <laughs> That's, but, no, I mean, it's, it's just made me like, you know, and then you kind of see where people are coming from in their lives. Like, you know, like, um, like is, you know, with marriage and here, like, y'all two talk about marriage. It's like, well, I mean, I can't really relate to that, you know, and stuff like that. And it's kind of like, oh, yeah, no, like, I get it now. But, no, I mean, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I mean, but... I would say it's definitely made me a better friend, like you said, just from the listening aspect. Uh, and this past June, uh, six months ago, almost, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Colby James decided to uh, enter this this covenant. 
Yeah, <laughs> 11 days until the uh, six-month anniversary. You made it half a year. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Shout well, out actually, Ashley. No, for, no, I was going to say congratulations to Ashley for putting up with you. Yeah, for putting up with me for six months, especially, you know, in COVID times. Like, yeah. uh, you know, we, we were lucky to even really have the wedding. Um, you know, talking about Shane not being able to make yours at that time, you know, there was a time when I was like, is Shane going to be able to make ours? Cause, oh, I flat out, I mean... I'm out now, so there's really nothing they can do. But I straight up <laughs> lied to supervision <laughs> because like at that time, at that time, we were on that lockdown. They're like, you can't go more than like I think it was like 30 minutes away from base. And I was like, cool. Well, I'm gonna take like five days of leave, and I'm just gonna be at the house. Chase, it's bad enough I'm batting 500 on my friends' weddings. Yeah, yeah, I'm I was batting like, 750. We can't post any photos with Shane in them for a few months. We gotta, <laughs> gotta ride that one out. But, uh, but yeah, uh, six months ago, I was uh, blessed to marry my beautiful wife, Ashley. Shout out to her. Um, like I said, we got lucky, uh, you know, to even be able to have the wedding uh, during the COVID times. Um, you know, we sat down, the venue we wanted to get married at, we sat down with them, you know, like early spring of 19. And it just so happened that we wanted to get married on a Saturday in June. Um, the only two dates available were... At that time, it was the 13th or the 20th. And, uh, you know, we didn't want to have an anniversary fall on, like, Friday the 13th one day. So <laughs> Let's just take up Dylan's birthday. Yeah, yeah so we said, you know, we'll just take Dylan's birthday, which also happened to be, and we didn't realize it at the time, is uh, Ashley's brother, Bert, and his wife's anniversary as well. So, you know, never forget all these family <laughs> connections. But, um, but yeah, we, uh, you know, we picked the date, and then, obviously – all the stuff with COVID kind of picked up, uh, you know, early on in the year. And, you know, at that time it was like, we didn't really know much about it to the point of, you know, all right, well, do we think four months from now, everything's going to be all right. We can have our wedding, you know, so we kept our date, uh, you know, the venue reached out to us, which they actually closed down for a few months. And we were the first big wedding that they, they had, um, you know, they had like a very small, wedding like the weekend before and and we had to limit our wedding too um you know and we socially distanced and everything like we were supposed to but uh for the most part <laughs> i was to say that allegedly that knob creek getting passed right yeah 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 maybe not there but uh but you know so we were, we were lucky to to even have that but yeah i mean great time uh i was lucky to have these three guys as uh groomsmen um you know my dad called them uh professional groomsmen yeah because uh you know started putting them down a little early in the day and whatnot and i think about you know four o'clock my dad elbows me in the side and says you know hey uh we're not we might need to pull the reins in a little bit on these boys <laughs> you know they do need to stand up at 6 p.m yeah i'm like yeah yeah you and to our it. credit we never felt those reins yeah it was also six thousand degrees at 6 p.m yeah yeah yeah, you know, sorry, outside wedding in the middle of June. I hate it for you guys, but you know. Shout out to Matt Lightner for th- for for saying he was buzzing, talking about being excited in front of, in front of Colby's dad while he was talking about yeah. driving Colby's car. And yeah. he was like, "Oh my god, you don't think he thought I was like, talking about being drunk, do you?" Hundred percent. That's yeah. exactly what he thought. That, yeah. that Maryland terminology doesn't translate well down uh, here in the south. Yeah. yeah. Shout out, shout out, Lightner. He uh, took me because I had like a slight case of food poisoning. Yeah. Yeah, we got Arby's the night before, and <laughs> yeah. it was... Which is always a mistake. Didn't, didn't hold... We passed Taco Bell and went to Arby's, and that was the worst idea ever. 
<laughs> Wasn't nearly as good coming off as it was going down. <laughs> no, I can vouch for that. That beef and cheddar will weigh on you. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of Leitner, um, uh, there's no telling what he had to pay Mr. Birch in Birmingham for that shirt that he absolutely <laughs> demolished on the dance floor. Just laying on the ground. Yeah. Which I <laughs> Reverse planking, some would say. <laughs> he had a he had a black and white shirt on at the end of the night and it was yeah. from all the dirt on the dance floor. Yeah, somehow no photos or videos were taken of this, which, you know, plays in Leitner's favor in any future court cases, but uh you know, kid just Tried to break dance on the uh, middle of the dance floor while I think it was maybe sprinkling rain a little bit at that point in time. It had been there. missing, and there wasn't like a literal dance floor. The dance floor was actually just dirt on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that, uh, <laughs> my dad at the end of the night was just like, yeah. He said, uh, I went to, I, he had told every, all the groomsmen, you know, I'll take your tuxes back for you. Just leave them here, blah, blah. And he's like, I get to look in. And Matt's the last person in there, and you know the back of his shirt is just black, <laughs> and brown from dirt. Oh, he's like, "Yeah, I might as well just not even take that one back. <laughs> just cut the check on that one." Also, shout out to Cliff James. Shout out, Dad. Wonderful, best man. Cliff is a great fellow. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I remember at your wedding when I knew things were uh, going off the rails very, very quick is when I looked up in the small window of our dressing room that we all got dressed in, Shane's standing there without a shirt on. <laughs> you which can seems to be tell. A, which seems to be a pattern at weddings. I, to, I told Brittany. <laughs> I have a, I have a, I have a, uh, I have a tale, I guess, if you will, <laughs> about just how intoxicated I am. Well, hold up. Let me, let me tell you what happened after I saw you. I looked at Brittany. I said, I may need to go check on that. And I went Ooh. up there. By the time I got upstairs, Shane was in the bathtub. So, I'm not sure what the connection is here with bathtubs and Shane and shirtless Shane, but... Well, I know, so, at that point, I was, like, I was just drunk. Like, wasn't anywhere near blackout. (laughs) And I had saw that bathtub, like, when we first got there for the rehearsal. It was a nice bathtub. It was. And I was just, I wanted to know, like, how comfortable it was, because I knew Cortland and I were going to be building a house here pretty soon so this may be something i want to invest in Research. it was one of those standalone you know like just how do i fit yeah one of those big like oversized tubs so i dropped down in that bad boy and you came in at the perfect time because had you not i probably would have just gone on locked that back. door stripped down and just went ahead and had myself a bath in there little do we know shane had mr bubbles on tap oh yeah your boy <laughs> likes to lounge in a bathtub you know <laughs> I take a shower to get the dirt and the, the grease and the soak. grime off of me. I take a bath to chill. <laughs> so if there's a stigmatism about men taking baths, I'm gonna go ahead and shut that down. <laughs> so Colby, uh, like the last two weddings were all of our weddings were fun, but uh, Colby, since we've been friends, how's married life changed your life since we've all been friends over the past ten, eleven years? Oh man. Uh... I mean, it's kind of like Dylan touched on, you know, every day you, you're there at home living with like, you know, your very best friend in the world, um, you know, actually absolutely brings out the very best in me. As of all of y'all know, I'm, you know, sort of like a laid back person. And uh, so she every day motivates me just to be better. I mean, that's, you know, I see her every day when I wake up and I think, you know, I want to go out there and do the very best I can do and, you know, try to 
you know, just get better for her and for myself and, you know, just for, you know, the future that we, we're going to build together. Yeah. So, you know, we don't, we don't have kids yet, but, you know, those will be down there one day. And, uh, James is... Yeah. And just, um, you know, she's, you know, some days I, I hate to sound like super sentimental, but you know what I mean? Like you, you kind of sit there and you sit on the couch and, you know, you look over and you're like, this is perfect. This is yeah. like what, you know, I envisioned, you know, my life being like, I couldn't be any happier. And now we got, we don't have kids, but we got a little dog together, a little, yeah. little Snoop. And, uh, Snoop is the best pigeon toed dog ever. <laughs> yeah. Dude, those are the best nights though. When you're just like hanging out, you just order like food and you just hanging out watching movies and TV or whatever. If your wife is a good hang, which obviously she has to be to be your wife, like that tops everything like the the good times even we've had together uh like there's times with Brittany that i'm not, i'm gonna put way above that oh yeah no and offense to you guys but i'd much yeah. rather hang out with my wife yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's uh like the knots here at home it's almost reminiscent of all of us hanging out back in the day because i'm like i'm legit hanging out with my best friend and nothing is going to stop me from enjoying every single second of it. Because we all knew there was going to come a day where we're all married. We couldn't mm-hmm. just hang every day. And uh, I think that's what marriage for me has changed my outlook on life is I'm still hanging out with my best friend every single day. Even if it's just five minutes passing on the way to work, mm-hmm. uh, that five minute, five, ten minute conversation we may have in the group text, like, that's what's gotten me through the best times, the worst times, uh, every single day. Like that's what friendship and marriage really, really tie in together to because all of us have married our best friends. Uh, yeah. One of the things, I mean, like I, I really love about Ashley and I's relationship is like our ability to just like carry conversations together where, you know, nights where you can just sit in silence and hang out with each other. So, you know, that's wonderful too, but just like, we can carry these. I love like road trips with her. You know, most of her family lives in the South Georgia area. So, you know, it's a good, you know, six hour drive down that way. Um, and just, you know, talking to each other about all different things in life and, uh, you know, funny stories about stuff that happened when we were kids or, you know, just like learning more and more about her every day. Um, and, you know, that was one thing like with COVID, like, I, you know, 2020 was not a good year for a lot of folks. Yeah. But, you know, she and I have talked about this, you know, and it may sound like selfish and I don't mean it in that way, but it was an incredible year for me. I mean, you know, I got married to the woman of my dreams. You know, we both. Don't cry. Yeah. You know, we both <laughs> we both have great jobs. We both got promotions this year. You know, it just was a great year for yeah. us. And, uh, and, you know, in that time we've been working from home, um, you know, for the better part. You know, she's a school teacher. Um and uh, so she got sent home around the same time as I did. So, you know, some couples out there couldn't like handle, you know, the everyday, you know, being at home together all the time type of thing. And Dude, when we were on quarantine and Brit- and I got, I was off work for that extended period of time. It was so fun. Like I got to hang out with Brittany. Oh, it was a blast. It, like yeah. every single day. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there were probably days Ashley was sick of me and she just doesn't oh, tell me. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but there's, there's days they weren't. They want the the day for the boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it was just uh, you know. Well, that was the question I was going to ask y'all: was how was COVID like with your wife? Because 
Cortland decided to take a job at UAB and move back six months before I got out of the military. So <laughs> no, I saw, I saw my COVID wife. hit us completely different. I saw my wife every day, woke up, worked out, popped up in a night live, and we just chilled. So, I mean, I guess I'll go ahead. Uh, my wife started a new job. My wife's unbelievably intelligent. And I don't know why in the world she's stuck with somebody like me, but she Obviously started not. a new. <laughs> yeah, she started a new position at uh, Bevel State. She kind of works like with um, this program called Thrive, where she works with like single mothers, help them get back on their feet and in school. Kind of like a. So she like her degrees in like social work and stuff like that. She works a lot. She so she had an office in Stone and an office in Jasper. So she. Just like transitioning a bunch from like her old job to her new job here and there, like and then COVID, well they shut down. They're working mostly from home a lot of times, and then Alabama Power, we're working and we're still like this, I guess, for the foreseeable future, working two days in the office and then the rest out. So I mean, those two or three days where we just shoot, we wanted to, you know, like as long as like at a certain time we can go eat lunch together, we go eat lunch together, go somewhere in the like it was no, um no like a certain limit on like i know how, how you said it, it's like no certain limit on how much time we got to spend together and it was awesome just being married like your first year of marriage or whatever and then um getting to spend that much time together because uh so like colby said it's bad that COVID happened and stuff but it was actually kind of cool i guess from the standpoint of getting uh to quarantine per se at home with your uh new spouse yeah like the way the way i saw it was like I gained two diverse groups of best friends after I got married. It was like, I could still communicate with both people the same way. Uh, I could be a little more emotional with my wife, like, if shit's really bothering me. And this, Shane and I talked about, uh, it was like, you know, with anxiety and depression and everything, it was like, yeah, I need a break. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go off the grid for a few days. Um, like we've all been able to share those moments with each other. It's like your mental health, your your friends get you through those really, really, really tough years that you're struggling and trying to still figure yourself out. And then when you get married, you have that person that really understands you on a level that nobody else can understand you, and you don't know how it happened. And that's why I think marriage is just such a beautiful thing, is because that person that you marry understands you in a way that nobody else ever will. And that was, that that was the most amazing thing to my, in my life to happen because I, like all of us texting, I was like, man, my boys understand me. And now like we still understand each other. Like we can still talk about these things openly. And then when I got, when I got married, it was like, it took it to a whole different level that I never thought was a real thing. Like I said, I, I remember texting Colby. I was like, yo, I want to marry this chick. And he was like, yeah, she kind of, she knows, she gets you. And I was like, I'm a mess. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like we've always talked about breakups and different things, but like we were able to get real with each other in all these different moments and in a group matter. And I feel like that's what our friendships like this that we've had carrying on through these years also translates very well into our marriage because we also make new friends because our wives have different friends. Uh, not seeing each other every day like we do develops other friendships. But at the same time, like, I know I can go into our Trash Pandas group and say, I'm going to say this, 
I'm not going to be judged. And that's how marriage also works. And I feel like our friendship, how strong we built it, kind of developed us all to have these good, good, solid, healthy marriages. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, I think like... Fuck, I just gave the Gettysburg address. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's a lot. It's deep. No, but like uh, like kind of you said, like, I mean, you, you do have other friends and you are tied up with work and you are tied up with life and you are tied up with marriage and stuff. But at the end of the day, I mean, I know that I could come to y'all guys. I ain't coming to you guys with anything at any time and y'all come help me anytime, anything. And I was just talking with somebody. You know, like, you don't really see your good friends that much like if i see you guys you know 10 times a year like i mean god that's you know all things now that shane's back it's different but you know Mm -hmm. like if i saw shane two times a year you know that was something but he's still like one of my best like the fact that i talk to him every day i mean he's still one of your best friends even though you don't necessarily see him all that often you know that's how i feel with colby like we we still like we talk about soccer every day but one of us is going through some shit we're not we're not hesitant to talk about it, right? Yeah, and, and, which that's the way we all four are with each other, like especially now that Shane's at my house once or twice a week. Yeah, and I and I just to kind of touch on what Dylan was talking about. Ashley and I were talking about this, you know, just literally last night. We were talking about how, you know, you have like such a a tight friend group that, yeah, we don't get to see each other as much now as we used to get to see. But like, I still talk to you guys every day. You know, there might be one day it goes by here or there where something's not said in the group, but like other than that, you don't realize that like, you know, Hey, like Dylan said, I, you know, we saw Shane twice a year when he was living in Louisiana. That was a lot. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I talk to you every day. I feel like, you know, you're still there constantly. You know, it doesn't feel like anything skipped a beat. In the it's not between nine, 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. I'm unavailable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's just like a, a, you know, a blessing to have like a, you know, great friends like that. Yeah. That, that was, you know, I know we're coming like on the tail end of the wedding stuff, but that was, it made me think of it when you talking about Shane being up in that little perch up there. Uh, that was like, for me, one of the favorite parts of my wedding was uh, there was like a little, you know, perch room where we got to eat before we came out to see everybody. And it overlooked um, the area where the reception was going on, you know, where the band was playing and everybody was, you know, getting their food and eating and dancing and whatnot. And we both like were just sitting up there, and you know, all the jitters of like, the you know, am I gonna screw up when I, you know, during the speech and everything, all that's you know done. And I, you know, just kind of looked out the window, and you know, we looked down at like all of our friends and family, and you know, we just kind of thought to each other, you know, like how blessed we are, like you know, to have you know so many great relationships in our life, you know, that are good examples. Um, that's basically like. <clears throat> You know, obviously I was a little intoxicated, but like when I was standing there staring out the window, that was like the first thought was like, man, we're all married now. <laughs> and just like looking out over the little reception area there and like spotting out Dylan, spotting out Drake, spotting mm-hmm. out you and Ashley. And I'm just like, this is it. And, this and is, it, this it is, really this it, is good. It really was it. Like I know we've in our group thrown around the babies and memories from Friday Night Lights a lot, but like. No, that's it. It's babies yeah. and memories from yeah. here on. And our kids will probably grow up to be good friends too. God, I hope not. I hope my kids has nothing to do. No offense to your kids. I wouldn't want the same from for Stay away. <laughs> that Murray kid, please oh, have nothing to do with yeah, Beckham. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're gonna have kidding. to they're gonna have to run off middle names. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like 
we grew those relationships and understood each other. And that allowed us to under, understand our significant others better. But just because like you knew it was okay to open up to somebody that you love, uh, like I love all you guys, you're my brothers. Um, you know, with everything that went on with dad, like I'm just bawling my eyes out down in Florida. And I'm like, I got, I got to tell the boys, you know, the, you have your wife and your wife is the most important person in your life and your kids, you know, fall in line. The boys will always be there. And girls, if you're, you got a group of girlfriends as well, the girls will always be there. And we, I think anybody that knows us knows that we have taken everything we've learned over the years, no matter how crazy drunk and fun it was, it still applied to the lives that we have now somehow, some way, and I think that's what's kept us together, too. It's yeah. character building. Like, the things that we've gone through together have only made, like, the bond between us that much stronger. Because, like you said, we can all relate to each other no matter what we're going through. Like, we're there to pick each other up, whatever it is. Or, you know, somebody celebrating something, we're, you know, first ones in line to congratulate them. And, like, the bond that we've built over... 10 plus 15 years, whatever it is, it's just made our little, I guess, group like that much tighter. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, you, I mean, you're there for like, you guys are there for like just personally the best time in my life. I mean, getting married um, and the worst time in my life, losing my granddad, losing LD. I mean, that was like, I didn't, I'd never really experienced death and then had him pass away. I mean, I mean, you guys spent as much time around him as I did. I mean, he, you know how, and and y'all just, I mean, were there for me the whole time, and and that meant a ton to me. I mean, uh, not to get derail this yeah. pot anymore, but I mean, like, it's just it's something to have that core group of friends, and just have them forever, and know that you're gonna have them forever. Like, we'll like we always joke, we'll be sitting at Jack's one day when we oh, yeah. can't wait. Yeah, I'm <laughs> looking true. forward to that day. But I mean, it's probably true, honestly. I mean, you know, Barnes on the having. I mean, we'll like always be these guys will always be my best friends. Yeah, like, <clears throat> I remember uh, when mom died, and it was like, I knew y'all would be there. Like, I, that that shows us that we can, even through the tough times in our marriage and stuff, like, we can text somebody. Somebody's going to have some insight that may click. We're all idiots, but we, we're pretty smart as far as life goes. We've, we've had our journeys, and... uh we'll kind of get out of the emotional real thing, real life things. Uh, we've all matured over the past 11, 10, 11 years, but uh, we'll kind of give you an insight on the shenanigans that happen in our, uh, our group text. Uh, I've developed a new segment. I think it's just for this episode because you don't want to run out of all of them, but it's unpopular opinions. So, uh, oh, no. yeah, <laughs> this can go a lot of ways because we debate a lot of things in our group text. We kept it kind of neutral though. Like there yeah. really, we shouldn't get too far off the rails here. Cause that was a big yeah. thing going into it. We're like, we can't go with something preposterous. I got some really bad opinions yeah. on stuff. I've, so. I've got one that I know for sure. <laughs> I'm glad you just own up to yeah, it. Yeah. I got some bad takes. <laughs> I know I'm going to for sure trigger Dylan with one of them. Uh, so we'll just touch on them briefly and we'll talk about them kind of in just short terms that will keep us from going completely off the rails. Uh, so we're going to jump into uh, the unpopular opinions that you may hear in the Trash Pandas 
group text. All right. Smartphones are the most dangerous things we've ever put in our hands. Thoughts? Yeah. I mean, if we still worked with Motorola bricks, I mean, <laughs> there would be a lot less. I think probably. the danger side of it goes in a different way, but yeah, go ahead. That's why they still make burner phones. <laughs> that 5G, baby. Frying our brains like scrambled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm looking at it from a standpoint of like all your information is in one spot. So your entire life could be ruined. Yeah, by like Snowden. Like yeah, like the whole Snowden stuff exactly. that would happen if we still ran off yeah. bricks. I, feel- well, I mean, it's not even just off like I mean, you had the whole iCloud scandal like ten years ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, anybody. I mean, you can we can sit in here and if we talk enough about, you know. Pure aqua water. There'll be a <laughs> ad pop up on our Facebooks or exactly. something. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, they're definitely listening to it. They they should like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, actually, NSA like and subscribe. Pump those numbers. Yeah, talking about that. Actually, um, I actually had the flu a couple years ago, and uh, like at that time, the only thing that she could keep down were like Pringles, and <laughs> like she never ate Pringles outside of like these couple days. You know, she had the flu and. Uh, and she literally was like, the next week, she said, look at this. Like, every ad that I have is for Pringles. <laughs> Just yeah. from, like, talking about Pringles. Yeah. She's like, I didn't Google Pringles one time. You know, I didn't, like. Like, we straight up, we put that to the test one day in the crew chief office. Like, three of us just laid our phones on a desk, and we just started talking about <laughs> just random stuff. Like, men's watches. Uh not the real when, the fossil watches that change colors. Yeah, no, no, it was literally just like as generic as men's watches, and then like women's purses or like the top forty in Australia, blah blah blah, just random stuff. And then like an hour and a half, two hours later, all right, open up your phone, start throwing, you know, going through Facebook. What do you know? Fourth post on Facebook. Here's an ad for men's watches. Yep. That's that's a sign. But you you want to post something on Facebook, you think somebody's going to comment on your post and give a shit about what you say. Realistically, it still only happens between humans, like face-to-face conversations. And that's where our generations really miss the the dot, because those OGs at Horse Creek and Jack's, they could dig. My granddad wouldn't know how to work an iPhone if you tried to explain (laughs) it to him. Yeah. But, I mean. Those OGs dig deeper than we'll ever dig. Yeah. Because these are in our hands. Now, not deeper than us. We get pretty deep. We also get pretty shallow. But well, and and I think one thing too that's like a big issue is, uh, you know, sarcasm is not easily projected through a uh, Facebook uh-huh. post or a Twitter post or something like that. I legit so, tweeted, "Gifts are the best thing that ever happened to the text community because it allows you to put your feelings in context because you can pick that right gift for how you're feeling in that moment." Yeah, yeah. Exactly. see, I feel like I just kind of I built a brand on it. Like, you know, you come to my Facebook and you know, like, what you're right, going to get. Exactly. Whatever this man says, there's a heavy dose of sarcasm in it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I mean, shout out to me. Shout out to all those years of just building up that reputation. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I put the groundwork in for this. A lot of people just hop on there now and think that their jokes are just going to hit right off the bat. No, no, no. Years of. You got to, you got to be patient. You got to put in the work and you got to let it flourish. Yeah. yeah I'm, technology's almost coming too far. Yeah. I think it's an overreach. Like, yeah, there there are a lot of circumstances, but on the flip side, 
it's made life. Oh, it's pretty sweet. I pulled up to Home Depot earlier, and somebody brought out what I needed to my truck. I mean, the the Walmart pickup. Like, I can just order all my groceries from my couch and then go the next day at insert time slot and pick them all up, and I don't have to walk in and see 13 people that I went to high school with and have awkward conversations for 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, sign me up. I'll I'll say this before I move into the next topic. Uh, smartphones in our hands have given us the ability to show what we're thinking and how we're feeling, but also reflect how many people don't give a shit about what we do, what we think, and what we say. No, Absolutely. I mean, I don't, you know. People, Dylan cutting in with a bad take. <laughs> hot takes. People, oh, this is not a bad take. I think it's true. People have their opinions and they think it matters to them. And yeah, they're I projecting get, it out to, I mean, you know, you take Facebook, you take Twitter. Those are people that have chosen to either add you as a friend or accepted your friend request, blah, blah, blah. So whatever you know your opinion is, you put it out to the people that have reached out or have accepted your friendship following whatever it is. So you're just projecting your ideas, your, like you said, your opinions. Yeah. And people can agree with it. People can not agree with it. I think, I think that makes us better because now... You know, say you post something, Drake, on Facebook, and it's completely out of left field, and I see it, and I'm like, you know, I never really thought about that. All right, let me do a little bit of research on it. What really hurts you is when people just, they take a headline for face value. That's the worst. Research. The headline, because, that's the yeah, worst thing that we have going. You're not willing yeah. to dig deep and check your sources. Yeah, people people bite on clickbait way too much. And know? the other thing is, is, like, it's good that you express yourself, but you also shouldn't allow to base yourself and your ideas of yourself off of how many people like, comment, retweet, whatever, of what you say or what you post. Because, and I feel like that's that's how it got dangerous for us is because you see all these people's confidence just get shattered mm-hmm. because of how many people click that thumbs up or that heart. Yeah, and in the grand scheme of things, who cares? Yeah. 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 People, people have tried to put too much of a false sense of... Um, worth i guess into how many likes or favorites yeah or Or they try to project something that they're not yeah now if you got a badass recipe on tiktok yeah i'm gonna heart it so i remember to watch it when i need to cook it absolutely (laughs) absolutely yeah but it's gonna be so uh i was just talking about this the other day you know you're talking about how you know likes and things like that you know we think they don't mean anything but it it's getting into this weird situation where like the generation of like my niece and nephew right now you know they're five about to turn six and you know like four years old three years old you know their dreams now are way different than what we were absolutely but you know now for them you know they see kids that are youtubers and you know like posting on instagram and stuff like that and monetizing that to where at that point in time yeah their likes and things like that do matter uh yes it's very it's a shallow thing but at the same time, it's like, it's a crazy situation of, you know, I read an article the other day about like a teenage TikTok girl. I don't, I don't do TikTok, so I don't know all about it, but you know, Missing this chick out. who is, does like, um, she was a professional dancer yeah. and uh, she does like TikTok dances and is like 16 years old or something like that and made like $4 million last year doing TikTok. Yeah. I mean, what other... It's an influencer heavy... Like genre now, yeah. I mean, so you know, if you can if you can establish yourself and grow that following, like I said, TikTok, YouTube, whatever it is, that's kind of where like mainstream is going now. 
yeah. is how big of a following can you grow and what are you bringing for these because it's all ads once you once you've grown that certain following now companies are reaching out to you to promote their products blah 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 because you're getting it to a larger audience than they could but now yeah. i feel like too is people are getting too caught up in themselves trying to be that influencer and their their confidence in themselves and how they live their lives is starting to affect or yeah it's I, starting I, to, I see where you're to take an effect that. on how they live and stuff because they're like man i only got six likes on that video yeah that was a good recipe well, that's yeah. well, that's what makes it dangerous. Is a lot of times in that situation, people think, "All right, well, insert you know f- famous influencer from Instagram here. Well, this is what they do. This is what they post. So I'm going to follow their recipe here. I'm going to post the same style pictures. I'm going to post the same stuff. The quotes, blah blah blah. Well, when they don't get that immediate reaction, they start thinking less of themselves because they're not able to grow that following. Yeah, you you don't get what you want. And I, that's why I feel like this little computer in our hands is dangerous because it makes you, it develops this sense of, I should be doing this. And when you don't achieve it, you feel like a failure. When in back in the days of the flip phones, it was just for communicating. Man, I was trying to get that snake high score. I was about to say, the <laughs> only time I felt like a failure was when I couldn't break like 310 on snake. Yeah, now, when I broke a million on Temple Run, I deleted the app because I was like, I was shouting with that flappy same bird. Same with that twenty forty eight game. Oh, yeah. Oh, as soon as I hit twenty forty, I walked it off. That was like, a good one. <laughs> out of here. All right, so we'll jump into the next one. We'll keep oh. it real simple. Because real quick, I just want to shout out Elon Musk for what he's done with technology. <laughs> shout out Elon. Yeah, Exodus, California, entering Texas. All right, so next unpopular opinion: cake is not that good. I'll jump in first. It's not that good. Fudge is better. Though cake is so good. Birthday cake, you're not going to find anything better than you, just yeah. a great You could not be more cake. wrong. I mean, that shit, we're not I, even going to tell me right this. now off the top of your head how many times you can recount eating more than one slice of cake at a birthday. Dude, I used to be a fat kid, <laughs> and I would get a birthday cake for my birthday from this person that, shout out Gene Ellis, <laughs> and make birthday cakes. and. I would get the bigger cake so I could eat a slice before school every morning. Well, no, it was it was in the June, in the morning though. I would eat it every you're, morning. You're for in the minority here. Yeah, because cake's good. Cake you is, don't have a brain. No, cake is good for looking at. It's good for for decorating and like you know promoting whatever the hell the cake is there for birthday, the anniversary, thing. whatever. But you slice into a cake. Nine times out of ten, it's going to be dry. Well, that's on the that's the Buddy, onus a, of the person to make the cake. Get a better bakery. There dude. you go. Thank yeah. you. Come on, son. Like I said, nine times out of ten, yeah, you do have those. It's because you're going to bum cake shops. You, <laughs> you do have those better rare cake exceptions shop. where the cake is phenomenal. But in general, if you took all the cakes, no matter where where they're coming from, bumfuck bakery or whatever the dude's name was that had a show on TLC, Cake Boss. <laughs> cake Boss. Overrated. Yeah, cake Boss. Yeah, I agree. Cake is overrated. No, Thank you. There Cake we go. Boss Shut overrated. Next segment. Gene Ellis, great <laughs> cake. Y- y'all have already lost Ashley as a listener and subscriber by simply <laughs> saying that cake was overrated because birthday cake is... Uh, so I'll just point this out. When we had Friendsgiving... One of my biggest disappointments... When we had Friendsgiving, did Dylan bring a cake or did he bring a cookie? He didn't bring cake. either. There you uh, go. Yeah. Shut it down. We, we actually brought he that. Brought, so, he, yeah. I didn't Dylan, bring chicken but if I was supposed to, <laughs> if I was going to, it would have been a cake. Hold on. Yeah. Let, let me. Dylan brought the nugs, 
Yeah, Dylan and Courtney brought clutch. the nugs. That was close. Yeah. So I had it back. Dylan is exempt from this uh, I had it torture. Backwards. I had it backwards. <laughs> but Boom, flip it over to Colby. My biggest I'm, regret from 2019, no, 2020, is that I didn't get a piece of cake at Colby's wedding. You oh. look like, but you you the, you said this has been like the best year of your cake life. And You've beer been so happy. happy. That's my biggest regret. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, the only thing I regret this year. We had like the uh, the. <laughs> Big like her wedding cake. We had like the the scrap pieces that uh, you know they obviously keep the wedding mm-hmm. comfort. But I got a piece of that golf bag though. Oh yeah, incredible cake. Oh wow, look at my man flipping on cake over here. Yeah, you won't find that from this side. <laughs> but best thing in the world was like uh, you know we kept our cake topper obviously, but then uh, Ashley's mom got us like a gallon ziploc bag of just like all the. Crumbs and icing that was just like the aftermath. That's the, icing is the best oh, part of cake. Yeah. Like, look, I'm gonna change. You're your eating too many poor cakes. But, but you, but you mix that <laughs> with some ice cream. See, that's what I was getting. And those at. are phenomenal. <laughs> to well, learn, to, you gotta just take your. Uh, this is how I approach cake. You know, I t- and Ashley tells me I ruined it, but you know, you take your cake. And then you take your ice cream and you no nope, no nope, cancel it absolutely cancel it. mash it all together. See, I'm done. <laughs> no, that, because that's you, chaos. That's too much for me. All you're doing now is eating lumpy See, ice cream. I'm, I'm, I live for I'm chaos. down for that. You know, it's I'm incredible. Down for that. Yeah, it's I would incredible. tear up ice cream and cake all day. Give me some Neapolitan, and it doesn't matter what type of well, cake. What's the I'm gonna mess it up when you're taking one scoop of ice cream, one like a spoonful of ice cream, and then a spoonful of cake. Well, I've never taken it all up. Yeah, that's ice cream. You let it enter. You just enter your innards. Cake. See, I don't yeah. like I don't like my poop touching anyone. The topic here is <laughs> that's a whole cake. separate. Dylan issue. has a spacer. <laughs> also, eat one thing at a time. Dylan, forever a nine year old. Shane, yeah. last last statement. And chicken fingers only. Shane, last statement on cake is not that good. Cake is not that good. Cake in and of itself, no sides, no ice cream, none of that stuff. Cake by itself is not that good. It's severely overrated. I guarantee you, you could not find one person on this planet that would not prefer to have something else symbolize their birthday aside from... The only reason we have it is because mainstream made it popular. Also, I'm going to add in, calling a oversized cookie a cookie cake is an injustice. Exactly. It's because not a cake. It, There's a no dough. Cookie. There's no, it's a cookie with icing. There's no dough. There's no... That, that, there's no cake mix <laughs> that doesn't make it a cake. See, cake is overrated. I enjoyed We're just this. inserting cake into every mainstream popular thing to try to make it seem like cake is good. See the way Dylan and Colby are cutting their eyes at each other. This this shows our, our group text is Shane and I are usually on the same page. Dylan and Colby are usually on the same page, and we're debating on this for days on years. Yeah, we had a great run. Oh, Dylan, Dylan's but, uh, got an idea here, and I'm wrong. curious I think to it, hear it. I think the friendship ends after this right here. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we really want to talk about us grouping, if you really want to talk about us grouping up, it's, let's just talk about how we just dust these guys in golf all the time. <laughs> we'll, we'll jump into the Brophy and oh, just... That's, that's on here. Okay, don't I don't want to think I was going to forget <laughs> that. They, yeah, they, they wanted to just leave that one out. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, we were just, prepared. Right, so we're prepared. Pigeon toss them every year. <laughs> Opposing view in one in one sentence. How is cake good? Somebody one one person one sentence. I'm gonna, to did, quote Shane at Stillman, crickets. I mean, there's a Rick Ross song where they just say cake, 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 cake over and over again. You that's don't in hear, reference to ass. You don't hear uh, which Rick is Ross overrated song talking about. Anything but cake, anything but cake, anything but cake, do you? Yeah, they're not talking about money. 
They're talking about cake. They really enjoy <laughs> birthdays. Talking, look at Rick Ross. That man is talking about a female's rear end. No, they're not. They're talking about birthday cake. All right. So, next unpopular opinion. And I'm going to trigger Dylan. Of course. <laughs> of course. I've, I've got to trigger Dylan at some point during this podcast because Dylan is the most trigger-worthy person in this room. Is that true, if, it, if anybody gets riled up about anything, it's Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> Out of this group. <laughs> Dylan, we're all laid back, but Dylan... <laughs> like, you just I'm laid it. back. We're all, we're all laid back. <laughs> I'm just hot under the collar. Dylan's setting his ways. Yeah. You, you have that, you have that one dude. sentence, that one word that just sends one of us off the rails, and it's usually Dylan. All right, so... This could go a number of ways. Here I'm we just go. Thinking about things I'm stewing on that I don't like. Ketchup is better fresh out of the fridge. Ketchup stinks. <laughs> stinks. God, I if wish you there eat was ketchup. Video. I wish there was a video of that reaction. <laughs> Dylan, if you eat back ketchup again with the bad takes. <laughs> if you eat ketchup, you're a child. I look down upon you. <laughs> Says the man that doesn't let his yeah, food touch. Doesn't what? let his food touch. <laughs> Sorry, I don't let my caviar touch my uh, sushi, bro. <laughs> no, if you eat, they're both raw fish. <laughs> <laughs> Are snails fish? No. Uh, okay. Well. Wrong. <laughs> Um, no, but Are snails a crustacean, a crustacean or an insect? Sushi's yeah. raw fish, but caviar is fish eggs. Eh, whatever. I'm thinking escargot. <laughs> Listen, I'm from Walker County, bro. <laughs> this man can't even fancy right. <laughs> yeah. No, but ketchup's terrible. I mean, the fact that you just smit, like the people, okay, so me and my wife have this thing, and it's probably trigger a lot of people. A lot of people are going to be mad about this. If you go to Chick-fil-A and you use ketchup instead of any of their outstanding sausage, you're a psychopath. Oh, yeah, no. I'll, I'll, I'll no. agree Psychopath, that, yeah. But there are people that do it. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I've Chick-fil-A seen it. Sauce. Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A sauce, sauce is, is weird. It's yeah. universal. Right. You can, I'll dabble in Polynesian once in a blue moon. I like Polynesian. Chick-fil-A is decent buffalo, too. Yeah, yeah. buffalo's good. Buffalo on the nugs. Yeah. But, no, ketchup's terrible. Name one thing that, that like... A hot dog. A hot dog. Automatically. Mustard. Wrong. I'm down with just strictly mustard. Look, I'm a big fan of uh, Chicago dogs. So strictly mustard, peppers, and onions. Yeah. I'm I'm down with that. Yeah. I'm just not down with ketchup. But I'm also okay with ketchup. I can't tell you the last time I've eaten ketchup. That's that's impressive. I like like ketchup on my tater tots. Nope. No? Oh, buddy. Ketchup with Jack's hash browns? Yeah. Nope. That's my Friday morning... Quick, quick interjection. Milo's breakfast is better than Jack's. I think they quit doing breakfast. Shout out. They better not have. At least uh, yeah, well, they I cut did, the Kadeka sausage off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah. Milo's breakfast is better than Jack's. I still want a Kadeka sausage, biscuit, and Jack's gravy, and just make that marriage yeah. happen. I told Shane a Kadeka sausage with bacon biscuit is. If you go to Milo's and order that, your life's changed forever. And then you can just pull right into Walker Baptist. Hard attacks, Layton. I'm not a sugar I guy, so I got. I guess I got to make it for the, that bad eating somewhere because I don't like sugar. Oh, I eat terribly. Yeah. But uh, so ketchup, ketchup is also packed full of sugar. Little did I know, um, Dylan already expressed his disdain for ketchup. Shame. I like tomatoes. Is ketchup better hot or cold? Yeah. So I like ketchup. At a good room temperature. So, like, I don't like cold ketchup. I tolerate cold ketchup. To me, it's better, like I said, at that room temperature, like 
fresh off the shelf, right out of the pack, whatever it may be, which is another thing I don't understand. So I've noticed a lot of people will purchase ketchup from Walmart or wherever it may be, use it, and then it goes in the fridge, right? Those same people, if you open up like their silverware drawer or their junk drawer, whatever it is, have ketchup packets in the drawer. So where's the disconnect? Like ketchup is versatile. That's that's what I'm saying. So the what was the question? Ketchup is better cold? Yeah. Disagree. Strongly. One more thing I interject. Shout out to the guys at Big Ketchup for making those squeeze packs that you can also dip. Those are uh, yeah, phenomenal. Is, I wish is. the guys at uh, Big Mustard would get their heads out of their ass <laughs> and figure something out. Because the, the squirt, when it just, it's a disaster. Colby, one sentence. Is ketchup better cold or hot? Yeah, absolutely. I'm with Shane here. Uh, room temperature, uh, Heinz ketchup packets. I mean, greatest thing in the world. Yeah, I agree. Like ballpark hot dogs with ketchup, mustard, and crowd already put on it. This has been sitting that warmer for a while. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah, look, not a discussion topic here, but just throwing this out here. Underrated hot dog condiment, pimento cheese. Yeah, not a fan of pimento cheese. Yeah, good y'all, pimento y'all cheese. Fancy hot dogs. Good yeah. pimento cheeses. They get them gourmets. Hard to me. Yeah, shout out Tip Top Grill. All right, so the final unpopular opinion, and I know I'm gonna. Colby and I may be on the same page about this one, just because we talked about it so much. Shane doesn't know my opinion because I didn't tell him this morning when we were talking in text message. And my opinion probably sucks. Views. I think me and you are going to be on the same page with this. There we go. Views is Drake's best album. Terrible take. Thank you. Terrible. So we're all on the same page. Take care. Then. Take care by far. Take care is it's Drake's phenomenal. best album. I mean, I completely phenomenal. That or thank me now. I remember. I remember one time in Colby. It depends on which Drake you like. In Red Scooby Doo, Colby and I were driving to Tuscaloosa. We we're listening to uh, "Thank Me Later" from top to bottom. And then one song ended, and then Kush Road Glass. Yeah. Like, I hit that as soon as it came on call. I was like, you just hit that without any beat. And I was like, I've listened to that album that many times. Oh, yeah. But Take Care. Oh, my God. When it just, it, so many good songs on that album. Top to bottom. One, now, it's I mean, Drake's one of my best favorite album. Song, one of my favorite albums of all. You know what? I liked uh, Nothing Was the Same Better Than Views. Yeah, See, I did too. It has yeah. my favorite Drake song of all time. On. Tuscan Leather is such a good song. Uh, from too. Time. Yeah. That's one of my favorite ones yeah. of all time. Incredible. See, and also. But Views, it v- deserves respect. Yes. It's a good album. Western, Western, Western Road Flows. Western Road Flows. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, nine. Yeah. yeah. That's on there. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad album. No. Controller. It's not as Controller, you know, yeah. Controller I think it was. I think. I mean, they had that, what, Pops? Was it Pop something? Uh. It was like a club song. I think it was pop style. Pop style. Yeah. Pop yeah. Style. I mean, I think because it came out in 2016. The only reason I remember that like distinctly was because we kind of made that like our unofficial Qatar anthem. Like we had because Drake had released a uh, a little website thing. You're welcome. Where he had <laughs> you could upload a picture and it had Drake just kind of like hanging off of whatever like picture you uploaded so like we had him on like pictures of like b-52s and just random stuff from around Qatar. but i think views was ahead of its time as far as the music that was on it because now like if you release controller in 2020 people yes it's perfect 
Dylan just pulled up a picture of Drake sitting on top of the Bevel State water tower. <laughs> but I think it was ahead of its time because that music now in 2020, if it was just released, would just like Drake would have five songs in the top five on the top 100 chart. Yeah. Let me, I mean, t- let me tell you, like the transition from uh, Over My Dead Body to Shot For Me, like oh, it just, it hit different. Yeah. And, then when Take Care came out, when uh, Drake and Rihanna kind of had their thing going on, like that Hotline that, Bling was also on Views. Too. Yeah, 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 like Views had a lot of Views like, has like, hits. It deserves respect. Too. It okay. has hits, but quality wise, it's not better than Take Care. I kind of look at it like, um, like oh well, no, Yolo, just, no, Yolo carried his way for three years. God, what was that Jay Z album? When he first released it, like everybody hated it, and then like over time, it just kind of like it was before the blue label, the blueprint, blueprint. Sorry, was it black album? No. Oh my god, what was it? I, I mean, don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm Shane thinks on this. It Going would, back yeah. to incredible transitions, the More Life album went from Passion Fruit to Georgia Interlude, yeah. which Georgia Interlude to me, like it's a minute and a half long, but that is like one of my favorite Drake. I guess you can call it a song. Yeah, but. From Passion Fruit to Georgia Interlude to get it together, those three songs back to back to back. Yeah, that was an, an incredible the, like, set. Like a shot, uh, shot for me. Transition. I was wrong. It was after. Sorry, it was American Gangster. Okay. Oh yeah. Like nobody received that album well, and now it's gross. Like as one of his best albums. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, like Shot for Me going into headlines, like when it started playing the beat of headlines towards the ends of Shot for Me, like that album is just so beautifully crafted. And you could tell Drake put a, he took care of that album. Yeah, oh. But yeah, going back to Georgia Interlude, that transition to uh, was it get it together? Yeah, yeah that was we'll see like because yeah. it just rolls into one. Yeah, see forty forty producing Drake has been classic. Like it's produced like every Drake album I could I could play from top to bottom and be okay with. But take care is that one like if I if I can't like if I'm not in a country mood or a, a metal mood. And I want to listen to hip hop. I'm gonna play "Take Care," and then yeah. I'll play "So Far Gone," and then I'll play "Views." "So Far Gone" was just such a like that was the mixtape coming into the mainstream. Yeah, yeah, for me. Mm-hmm. My go-to uh, side side of away from Drake is uh, J Cole's "For Your Eyes Only." Yes, Top come on, bottom, come like, on, yeah. One of, those that, one of I'm the... in the mood for like. Aside from To Pimp a Butterfly, one of the best storytelling albums. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, for me, if I'm just putting on an album with Sue Top to Bottom, like, I mean, it's hard to beat Good Kid, Mad City. Maybe the best, one of the top five rap albums of all time. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's that's a solid fact. All right. So. Like, oh, God. Yeah. So, so good. So, so good. good. We'll, uh, we'll kind of transition off to our unpopular opinions. You kind of get an idea of what we talk about. On a day-to-day basis. And how those rambles can go. Oh, there's times I'll wake up. Uh, we also now have a new group text that stemmed from uh, Dylan's wedding. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was yeah. Dylan's wedding that has like eight or nine of us in it now. Yeah. Uh, there's times I'll wake up because I work night shifts. So I'll wake up in the middle of the evening and I have like 220 text messages. <laughs> I was like, 
I'm just going to like double tap and react to these because <laughs> there's no point in replying because this happened at 10 yeah. o'clock when I passed out. Yeah, it's usually just talking about sports gambling or me and Blake Manasco. Shout out Blake Manasco just rambling about Formula One. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and fantasy. Which, yeah, and uh, fantasy football. Which, which the, way, talk about. the way it's looking, Colby, James, and I are set to head. Go head to head in the also, I had to start lines. Benny Snell two weeks in a row. Absolute You're gonna screw have a job time. that the number two team in the East couldn't get a bid into the playoffs. Yeah. Because, I mean, because yeah. let's face it, Dylan and I were the goats of the regular season. Yeah, I mean, I just typical Auburn peaked at the wrong time. Yeah, that's a fact. Eight and four season is a win in my books. <laughs> never knew Six I'd have four. that Auburn mentality. Six but. and four. Six and four. Has never won a game it's away. It's a solid season. Has never won a game against the, the core rivals. So we'll, uh, Georgia, we'll jump Alabama, to the next topic. LSU, away while, from Jordan here. While Shane's rambling about Auburn times. Cam Newton ain't walking through that door. All right, Hunter. We'll, we'll, well, uh, it literally wouldn't matter if he did because he would get pummeled <laughs> because we have no offensive line. We'll jump into uh, another segment. And it's a beautiful one. It uh, lets you reflect a little bit. Uh, it could be related to... Our group of friends or anybody else. We'll start with Colby James. Welcome to Story Time from the Six Four. Colby James, you grew up in Empire. You grew up across the woods from me. We've been best friends for fifteen years now. Let's uh tell us a little bit about your favorite story from the Six Four. In uh, regards to anybody. Oh man. Uh you know, listening to the pod, I knew this was like going to come up eventually, but it's, we were just discussing before we started tonight, there's so many that it's hard to narrow down one and one that we're willing to tell in its entirety without, you know. Because I know your dad listens to the pod. Yeah, shout out, dad. <laughs> uh, many stories you'll never know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, fu- before we go to that funny story, my dad, like, does listen to the pod, and uh, I went and played golf with him, and it was when you did your episode with Shane. And uh, <laughs> I go to, I pull oh, up at Robert Trent in Birmingham, and uh, I, my dad's got this shit-eating grin on his face when I get out of the car, and I, like, walk up, and I get in, he's like, yeah, so tell me about uh, some of these stories that Shane <laughs> I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, you know. I didn't hang out to dry too bad, did nah, I? Nah, okay. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, you know, my dad's pretty cool. He's pretty laid back. He's like me. He's like, I, I realize. He gets it. There's things that you, I, I should never, ever know about. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man, growing up 6'4 was an absolute adventure. Um, I can't help but tell this story, even though it's, like, been mentioned a little bit in the pod in the past with Shane. But uh, I know we talked, y'all talked about in a previous episode, um, Beer Bottle Hill and like how much shenanigans just happens there, you know. That's a light way of putting it. <laughs> Shout yeah. out to that tire fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could be seen from Florida. Yeah. A lot, a lot of growing up is half enough on that hill and uh, a lot of brain cells lost up there too. Um, but yeah, one of my... Uh, and uh, ankle ligaments. Yeah, yeah, dude. That same night, not, not to derail. The same <laughs> night you rolled your ankle, dude. I destroyed mine in boots too. I couldn't even take my boot off when I got yeah, back to I'm my house, right. and I just literally had to keep it on yeah. for like two days. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's on here forever. All right, go ahead, Colts. All right, so yeah, so uh, my one of my more favorite stories that I'm allowed to tell uh, is. Uh, the uh, Sea-Doo story up on top of your bottle hill. So um, this was, I think, it was freshman year of college, and it was Thanksgiving break. 
Mm-hmm. So we, um, you know, it's like the first time you know, really most of us had come home for like an extended break. You know, I'd come back from Bama, uh, Matt Hudson and all of them that, you know, we talked about on the, y'all talked about on the pod, the, the parties in Matt's basement and whatnot. So it was like the first time the whole crew was like back together since, you know, like the one last high school party we all had together. And, uh, so it's just like, you know, like a Wednesday at Thanksgiving break, we're just kind of chilling and decide to go hang out at Matt's house, you know, like what can go wrong. <laughs> and, uh, Martin and, uh, pull up and, uh, his girlfriend's family's so like mom's uncle's mom's, cousin's dogs somebody blazer. <laughs> blazer that they were letting him drive at the current moment while something was get, working on with his truck and uh so we're just like chilling in you know matt's basement just shooting shit like usual and uh <coughs> martin pulls up in this and he's just like hey you know let's Let's see what it can do. Let's try to take it up on Beer Bottle Hill. And this is, by the way, the one and only time I've ever seen Beer Bottle Hill in the daylight. Uh, yeah. Now that checks out. Yeah. So we're like, yeah, sure, why not? And uh, so, you know, it's like six or seven of us piled into this blazer heading up on Beer Bottle Hill. And correct me if I'm wrong, there was snow on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought I remembered that, but I wasn't 100% sure. Yeah. And so... Uh, we uh, decided to take it up on Beer Bottle Hill, which um, isn't very far from Matt's house, just right down the road. And, uh, you know, we get going up the hill just to see if we can make it and everything. And um, we get to the top, and there's, it, it. like Shane said, it had rained and then it snowed a little bit. And parts of Beer Bottle Hill would flood when it rained really well. And so there's a little kind of low area that it probably had like a foot of standing water, maybe, something like that. And we get up there, there's these two sea dudes that how the hell they got up on top of this hill. I mean, keep somebody, in mind. <laughs> somebody took an insurance claim yeah, on those bad yeah. boys. I mean, like absolutely every mechanical part in these things is gutted. It is just the plastic shells of these things are sitting up on top of Beer Bottle Hill. And so, you know, like the two incredibly intelligent geniuses that we are, Shane and I, were like, all right, let's sit in one of these things. <laughs> and uh, y'all pull us behind because, you know, like I said, there's a little bit of of water on the like up there on the hill so just enough that they can pull us so uh martin's like well all i got in here is a bungee cord yeah <laughs> bungee rope which already like right then we should that should have thrown every red yeah. flag in the book at us terrible terrible idea but you know we're young and dumb so why not so we strapped the uh strap the cd up and uh he clips it to the um back of the the blazer i think it was a blazer i believe and uh starts to pull me and Shane around, you know, like as you would. Yeah. Yeah. Like we were in an inner tube or something. And, you know, Shane and I are looking like prime bobsled team right here. Just, I mean, we're tugged and just, there's no seat left on it. So we're just sitting inside the plastic. Jamaica uh, would have been proud. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the first spell of danger should have been when like, they slung us out at one point in time and like Shane gashed his ankle and like I gashed my hand open and we're like, yeah, this is probably not a good idea, but you know, I, we're like, no doubt should have gone and gotten stitches on my foot. Yeah. Because I think I was wearing sandals or like Birkenstocks or I don't know, like some loose fitting shoes. And when they threw us, those bad boys just launched. I, <laughs> they're probably still up there to this day because I never found them. 
I did, however, find a half a Bud Light bottle <laughs> with the bottom of my foot. Yep. So anyway, so like that should be the point in time where you're like, all right, this was a bad idea. We had our fun. Let's uh, move on with our day. No, instead we decided that, you know, hey, let's strap up and go again. And so we've got Ryan Hubbard in the back with the uh, back gate of the truck open just filming us going through. And I, I would pay a million dollars for the video of this now if I could find it somewhere. But uh, so he starts, they start pulling us again. And, you know, we're just, you know, having the time of our dumbass lives at the time. <laughs> and uh, the clip where Martin had like hooked it into the bumper snaps. <laughs> and like was a heat seeking missile. Yeah, absolutely. Like a, you know, four or five inch metal clip just comes flying. Cause like I said, this is a bungee cord. We're not uh-huh. just pulling a rope. We're no. Pulling us there was on no toe cord. strap. There was no like legit rope, like quarter inch thick. This was a Walmart special eight pack of bungee cords. <laughs> and we were down to the last one that was bought in like 2001. Maybe yeah. dry rotted as they come. Yeah. So this, this metal clip comes flying by my face like a Nolan Ryan fastball. It's <laughs> like you I'll, can feel the breeze. I'll never forget the sound of it passing my ear because I was in the front and I was kind of ducked down. So it went clear over me like there was no issue there. <laughs> but I just remember like my initial thought after it cleared my head and I heard the noise go by. I thought I had a JFK situation on my hands. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to turn around and like piece Colby's skull back together because there was just no logistical way that it didn't catch him square between the eyes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this thing, like, it happened so fast where it was just like, clip breaks, fling, that piece of metal flies by my head. I, I mean, like, not to exaggerate, this thing was definitely within like <laughs> it was millimeters. two feet of our heads. Like there's, it was pretty close. <laughs> this thing just hums by, and it's that like two second window of like we're having the blast of our lives, just being idiots <laughs> to like my whole life just went past just died. in like one second, and like Shane <laughs> turns around, just looks at me, and I'm looking at him. I'm like. Am I still here? Is That's I, it. I, yeah, like Shane said, am I like JFK right now? Part of my skull <laughs> yeah. is you know, I, that was forever embedded in Beer Bottle Hill. That's somewhere. how I remember that story. Was just the sheer terror. Like turning around, I probably done it like almost instantaneously. But in the moment, it felt like it was forty five minutes because it was just like the most. Oh God, I don't want to turn <laughs> around and see this right now because. Like I said, I had no doubts that thing caught Colby square on the head. Yeah. And I was like, God, dude, like, he's fucked up. Beer he's ball, so fucked up. Beer Ball Hill is not dangerous only in the nighttime. Yeah. But also in the daylight. So. <laughs> Dylan. That place will bite you. Yeah. Hit no us doubt. with your favorite story from the 6-4. I mean, I could go a multitude of ways. I could go the time that we were uh, playing basketball and – um and Martin Wallace is driving us back to Colby James' house and just ripped the e-brake on uh, going down <laughs> in Pie Road. And we literally did like two <laughs> full spins. Um, the roller. I, I could tell a lot of Shane stories, but though, like I said, those are still under the statute of limitations. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to go a three-year span of my time at uh, being a 16-year-old kid. Uh, 
looking for a bunch of influences and just being surrounded by a bunch of bad influences at Horse <laughs> Creek Golf Course. Yeah. Um, man, we had some good times there. We uh, shout out Justin Nix, figured out how to take the back brake off of the tire so he could sit there in the parking lot and just do donuts. So we would take those out after, once again, allegedly, <laughs> we would take these out after all the golfers left and just joy ride through the golf course. Um, we uh, The ball picker... Was a it was a stick shift, but it was so stripped out that you didn't even have to press the clutch <laughs> to change gears. Um, it, like I know me and Drake got into it, but we had or got into it earlier. We had some good times up there, um, just stashing beers in the woods, uh, playing yeah. golf, staying late, going out there fishing. Uh, one time I was with some guys, not going to name any government names. They were fi- <laughs> they were fishing. Uh, come around the edge, drove his cart directly into the pond, <laughs> submerged, completely submerged. Well, another Number guy, six or sixteen, uh, sixteen. Um, he went around the cart path right there where that little strip is, and just went straight into straight that little in. pond. Yeah, um, one of the guys worked at the maintenance shed, came and got the tractor, pulled it out, would not run, it would not run, <laughs> so he towed it all the way back to the golf course. We just. Put it in the thing, plugged it up. We're like, then we're just going to play <laughs> it off out of normal. Our hands now. It worked on Monday. <laughs> I, another time, uh, we hit somebody ran, not me, ran a golf cart into one of the poles where you park it, and it messed the pole up so bad that the owner thought that uh, the police had backed into it, <laughs> like an actual cart. Owner hated the it. police. Oh yeah, he, which he he was uh, he was yeah super woke to the police. Yeah, big defund the police guy. Yeah. <laughs> But, and then one time we tried to uh, catch some nefarious acts that went on at Horse Creek, and the person who was involved in the nefarious yes. acts was with us the whole time. <laughs> we're, we're it's really an, uh, an Among Us situation. <laughs> we're driving through Horse Creek Golf Course, like, man, not shit's happening. Let's just go for a joyride. So I remember when, uh, I remember, I was, that was that night, Dylan and unnamed person, they jumped a hole or jumped a hill. On number thirteen, and it whacked out the uh, the, the tires and the the, the batteries fell out of it. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus. We, so we had to pull them back in pitch black dark at like midnight on, on Horse Creek Golf Course. We had left one person behind to be like the the lookout in case because Door City came up there and they checked the parking lot every now and then. Obviously, we're in there, but this whole time this person was with us, nothing happened, and I was like. Somebody's breaking in this damn golf course because it's happened like three nights in a row. Well, the one night we weren't there, it was like the next night. It was like the next night or two nights after it happened and the people got caught and arrested. And I was like, he was with us the whole damn time. (laughs) Yeah, like he worked up at the golf course. We all worked up there and we just took it upon ourselves to be uh, vigilantes and catch the guys ourselves. So we did a little stakeout, a.k.a. we just took carts out on the course and joy road, like Drake said, and looked out. And, you know, we did it about a week solid. No break-ins. We quit. Another break-in. The person was literally riding beside me in the cart the whole time. Like, we sat in the cart shed just like, they're going to show up at any minute. Then midnight passed, and unnamed person was like, "Let's just go ride around the golf course in the yeah. dark." I was like, "Yeah, maybe we'll catch him." My unnamed come person back. was just out here scouting. Oh yeah, that's he genius. Was a, yeah, he's a, that's genius. Yeah, it that's was next a, level. It was a true inside job. We were we were literally trying to be the vigil, like Dylan said, vigilantes, but at the same time, it the 
the criminal the whole time was right there beside us. Yep. And that shows we sh- we shouldn't participate in police work ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. So Dylan's uh, multiple story times came from Horse Creek Golf Course, as do most of mine. Uh, so we're going to jump into our next segment, Bot Banger Wants Trash. You pick one album that's a banger that stays on repeat. You got once that's one time. You can't listen to it anymore. You're like, that's a good album. Wish I could listen to it more, but you don't. You just leave it hanging. And then trash. Uh, not going to listen to one time. You're going to leave leave it where it lays. Don't touch it. Don't push play. Ever. So, Shane isn't even privy to this list. This is what sucks about Drake making the I'm going to get roasted for my takes again <laughs> on music. And people aren't going to. So, all right. I've set this up in a good way, I think. So, are you guys ready? Yes. This is Bot. You got The King and I, Biggie and Faith Evans, Good Kid, Mad City, Kendrick Lamar, Straight Out of Compton, NWA. <laughs> I mean, this is pretty straightforward. I will. <laughs> I mean, Teed up. what an asshole. <laughs> I recognize what he did here. No, he did, and he's a scumbag for it. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine because he didn't. He didn't throw any heavy hitters in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Colby, go ahead. Kendrick's obviously going to be the banger for me. Uh huh. Biggie's my once, and then you can trash the other. You can trash the straight out of Compton. You're going to trash straight out of Compton. Yeah, yeah. I knew Colby would do that because yeah. Colby rides that hard for Biggie. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a big East Coast guy, man. You know. Just a ride or die, baby. So what's that like, just having absolutely terrible taste in music? <laughs> Why don't you suck my ass? <laughs> <laughs> you got a spoon? <laughs> yeah. Dylan. Shout out Coach Holmes. <laughs> um, I mean, it's got to be, gosh. If it was juicy, would have a completely different. It well, it's sweepstakes. Um, Juicy's not here. He's yeah, making, shout Nova, out, shout he's out making Nova Trifecta right now. Um, <laughs> I would say, I mean, you got to go Kendrick. I mean, that's the best, one of the best albums of all time. Oh, yeah. You already even brought that album up earlier. I know. That's yeah. one of my favorites. I mean, it's, you can't kill Straight Outta Compton. You I mean, literally can't. And can't I, I am a biggie guy. I mean, if we really want to get into bad takes, Tupac's not that good. Um, <laughs> but... I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a biggie guy Wrong. through and through, but I mean, just straight out content was just iconic. Um, I can give you that. But if it was juicy, I can give you t- that. I can give now, you if that. it was juicy, I mean, that could. So, would you credit juicy to like Biggie, or would like would you credit it to the eighty-two writers that he had on it? I mean, you know, I know what you're doing, and you're not gonna, you're <laughs> not gonna the do flows. It. This is a safe space, <laughs> and. If if being a biggie, if being a biggie guy is is a bad taste, I don't want to have good taste. I mean, so know. clearly, so Dylan, <laughs> so Dylan, what's your trash? I mean, it's got to be, it's got to, I, it's the, I'm not even gonna refer to it as the biggie album, the Faith Evans album, <laughs> <laughs> the feature. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not. I would never. Shane. No, I mean Dylan. Dylan nailed it. It's clear cut. Kendrick is the banger, forever and always. Uh. The Biggie Faith Evans is, I mean, that's as trash as trash gets. That was like, you can be a Biggie fan 
you can be a Biggie hater, no matter that Biggie Faith Evans collab was as bad as it gets. Yeah, and I said juicy earlier. I'm talking about uh, Ready to Die. Clearly, okay, the album that would be a different argument. But continue on. No, I mean, like I said, you we're in, we're in agreement with our banger once trash. I just something that I didn't see. Well, I did. So, this so Dylan, you're saying that you'd prefer the West Coast? No, I didn't say that over at all. Biggie's worst album. Didn't say that at all. I. Th- no, no, you didn't bring up any Jay Z stuff. You didn't bring up it. you literally softballed Biggie's worst <laughs> yeah. album. Yeah, like you didn't come with the heavy. You come with the two of the best West Coast albums. No, maybe the two. Just... Maybe the only two. Oh, and <laughs> didn't even hell. didn't even bring up any any of the big good Biggie albums. Jay Z. Well, all eyes on me is just like the like biggest selling album of all time. But yeah, facts. <laughs> I mean, I listen. I'm not gonna. Dis- two pots, uh, two pots, good. Just not for me. I'll we, leave it. We in. thought Dylan would get triggered over ketchup, but little did we know. <laughs> yeah, that, the Biggie. How how Shane Murray? How you don't like Biggie? I mean, it's just laughable. Let me guess. Your favorite? Um... Go listen to the Life After Death album from top to bottom, and then just tell me you can hate Biggie after that. I never said I hated the man Biggie. Just we just prefer West Coast. I never stories. What's the West no, Coast? So you know, like Biggie. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Than, uh, well, I want to. I want to touch on what Colby just said there because he said he paints lyrical pictures. Biggie, what's his name? Christopher Wallace. Yeah, Christopher does Wallace not said. paint lyrical pictures. He flows. What? He flows lyrical pictures. He has a lot of people painting the canvas for him. Go listen to suicidal thoughts. Go listen. Don't. Kids, yeah, don't. <laughs> children under the age of eighteen, don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I see where you're coming from, and you're a Biggie fan. No, no, you're wrong. There's no one <laughs> on the. I tell you why you're wrong. There's no one outside of New York City that's going to agree with you that Biggie is a better storyteller, lyrical painter, as Colby said, than Tupac. Well, I'm not Dude, from New York you... City, so. The fact that you're not calling you're calling Biggie not a storyteller when he's literally got a song called "I Got a Story to Tell," <laughs> where he vividly goes through where he was hooking up with some girl whose boy played on the New York Knicks. Never said he, which wasn't. may or may not be Judd Starks, which may or may not been true. <laughs> I don't know if any of this is true. Never said, never said he wasn't a storyteller. I'm saying he didn't tell the stories himself. It was his flow that was delivered to the nation to the masses. He had a lot of people behind the scenes painting that picture for him. You just he have an agenda. It. You just have an agenda, and you're not straying from. No, it. <laughs> I'm just all I'm saying is a pawn is like the weakest thing you can have in a chess match, and that's all Biggie was to Puff. All right, well, let me put it to you this way. <laughs> well, let me well, let's let talk me... about Suge then. No, I agree. Suge tried to use Pac as a pawn, didn't work for him. Well, he was on the hook for all that money. Yeah, Suge owed him. A metric fuck this, ton of money. This debate has been going on for ten years, and it could go on ten more. Shout out years. to and my good friend P Diddy, by the way. That, <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Why? Why? They just got like the shadiest character of all time. Like everybody gives Suge shit for like the stuff he done with Tupac and how he like used him and never paid him like his dues. How he killed Biggie. Well, he covered my bar tab in Columbus, Georgia, uh, two Iron Bowls ago. So, shout out to my good friend, Sean Combs. Well, I'm glad you associate yourself with no murderers. 
Well, at least he's never been to jail unlike somebody else we can talk about who literally backed the car over someone <laughs> and then went forward and backed again over him. So you're, what you're telling me here is Tupac is real and actually lived out the things he rhymed, whereas Christopher Wallace, the notorious B.I.G., was just doing exactly like y'all said. I mean, Biggie right. literally yeah. sold drugs. All right, all right, all right. Well, the, all right before, we, before we end this debate, let me, let me put it like this to you one time. Uh-huh, go ahead. All right. Biggie has a lot smaller volume of work than Tupac did as a result of his untimely death. Um, also, like people like to talk about how Tupac wasn't that great of a lyricist and all that, fail to like mention the fact that he was pumping out songs like ungodly amounts in the short time span that he was popular. Yeah, but quality over quantity. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So like Biggie, if he had that same volume of work, so he gets mentioned. Everyone's either a Big Ear Pac guy, you know. Everybody is. It's a it's known thing that Tupac wrote "Dear Mama." In a bathroom stall while taking a dump in 15 minutes. That song alone has Classic. well over 5 million streams. Not to, like, that's just streams. That's not mentioning, like, album sales when it, like, originally came out. That's, that is strictly streams. Uh, Rolling Stones wrote Wild Horses in a bathroom Shout in Florence, Alabama. Okay, so cool. We're two by two bathrooms. So, so you're comparing so, I mean, one of the best know. rock bands to one of the best rappers. Got I mean, it. I'm just saying that's a regular occurrence. That's not like something that special. It's awesome, but it happens. So, you're, like I said, you're comparing one of the <laughs> best rock bands to one of the best rappers. Yeah, I got All it. Right, go so, ahead. Continue yeah. your angle. Yeah, go ahead. Finish, close it out, Cole. Anyways, my thing was if they had the same volume of work, you know, is there a debate anymore? I think it just it tilts Biggie's way. I'm no, still going to pick Pac the, over Biggie any day. I think I think the debate ends when you consider the fact that what we're at three full length albums now, post death that has been released from Tupac's family and whatnot, that are still platinum, what gold, whatever selling albums. Can you can you name two Biggies, two of Biggie's post posthumous posthumous? Yeah. Yeah. Albums that have have sold that well. Uh, I I mean I'm pretty I know definitely that, not the king and I. I know that <laughs> heavens no. <laughs> I definitely know that uh, heavens no. <laughs> oh, I think that ready to die went platinum. Ready to die, and it was after, yeah. and it was like two years ago. Okay. Um, I would imagine life after death then, because that's literally the only thing he had. Yeah, I can't give you the statistics, but yeah, yeah there's some good. Ones. All right, so we're gonna stop about clouds. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> stop this debate because it's been going on ever since we've been friends. Because Colby and Dylan are the Biggie guys, Shane and our Tupac West Coast guys. Uh, I just I just appreciate that Dylan admitted that a Tupac influenced West Coast based rapper had one of the greatest albums of all time. I said it was iconic. Yeah, at least he's willing to admit it. Mm-hmm. Colby's Colby's laughing. Colby's setting his ways. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, things will never change, folks. This has been our two best friends, Colby James and Dylan Reeves. We're gonna do the last shots. I got two questions for each person. That's all. We're not gonna time this one. Uh, we're not gonna debate on it. Just answer quick. That's all you have to do. We'll start with Dylan. Okay. Miller Lite or Natty Lite? I mean, Miller Lite. That's clear cut. Wrong. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, you're very... We don't like our mountains blue, Colby. All right, so, Colby. Horse Creek 
or River Bend? Ooh, Horse Creek. River Bend for the challenge, and you could really score at River's Bend, or you could either shoot 65 or 105. Yeah. And, and you could a, die on a golf cart. Yeah, you yeah. Just also, trying to make it around yeah. there. Ask not Ricky Hedrick. I was going to say, ask Ricky Hedrick. <laughs> and, and that gator in the pond out there behind 18, that was, you know, also another thing. That was a nice little touch they added yeah. before they closed. Yeah. Dylan, Big Ear Jay-Z. Like naming my favorite kids. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a clear cut answer here. It's gonna pain me to say it. Say because he's got more, he's just got more stuff. I mean, he's allow just, me to reintroduce. Yeah, it's, myself. I mean, it's Jay Z, but <laughs> Mr. Carter, it's close. I'd, I'd say Jay Z's one biggie's probably two or three of my favorite all time. Yeah, uh, but I, I will throw. I, I really enjoy Kendrick Lamar. So I'll throw him probably two. Biggie maybe. At least you're willing to admit the West Coast is okay. I mean, Jay-Z's just, I mean. Audible handshake here. (laughs) Colby, A.J. McCarron, or Brody Kroll? Oh, Brody Kroll. (laughs) I would give up all those national championships for the old glass cannon, baby. Come (laughs) on, dude. (laughs) What a ride or die answer that was. Hong Kong. (laughs) Outside of Patrick Mahomes, I mean, the greatest chief quarterback in history. And he might even be better than Mahomes. I mean, I just – the old we, glass we never, shoulder just we came never out saw that him. ceiling. Exactly. Yeah, you know the ceiling was, was, that, was a, that was an unfinished building there. All right, shout so, out Big Oak Ranch. All right, all the great things. This last, very last shot. This is the last pull for Colby and I, and then Dylan and Shane spitballing up for just a quick second. We'll we'll go with Dylan and Shane first. Most under underappreciated Auburn quarterback. That's, I'm, I'm so under, glad you asked that. I'm so glad you no. asked that because me and Dylan, we might have started this club. Wait, no. are you talking about the, the okay. same one that's the most underappreciated athlete in college oh, football no, history? One hundred percent. Here's my there. catch, excluding Cam Newton. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cam Newton kind of low key stinks. Whoa! What is going on? I'm just kidding. I was just kidding. No, I no. mean it's Nick Marshall. Nick Marshall. It's, not even close. it's God. It's there's no like you said, it's not even close. It's astronomically Nick Marshall, I will say this. I was obviously kidding about Cam Newton. I would literally walk into traffic for him. Yeah. Um Nick Marshall ran the read option better than Cam Newton. Yeah, one hundred percent. Cam was 100%. just big enough to bowl over everybody. Yeah, Cam had the size and the, the speed at that size. Whereas now I will give a lot of credit to Trey Mason because yeah, I mean, Trey Mason and Nick Marshall, that combo was it was unstoppable. Like literally unstoppable. You can you can say, all right, yeah, they lost the national championship to Florida State. Okay, yeah, that wasn't their that fault. That was not their fault. Like you go back and rewatch that game. Nick Marshall, Trey Mason went off. Defense went off as well, just in the wrong type of <sighs> went way. Went off a cliff. Yeah. Went <laughs> so did play calling. Yeah. Okay. So Nick Marshall. So did Nick Marshall. Uh, yeah, Nick Marshall. No, not doubt. even close. I got to get a little hate in my heart out on Cam Newton right quick. It'll be take. Free go moment. ahead. If I didn't hate the man for obviously 2010, yeah, uh, biggest comeback in Bryant Denny Stadium history. I, I mean, I don't. That season didn't happen. It was all nothing really happened that year. Mm, that's yeah. why I'm glad Auburn won we the 2013 skipped. SEC championship and nothing. Alabama happened. won in '09, and then canceled. we like skipped a year, and then we won in '11. So don't worry about it. But anyways, if I didn't already hate that man enough, I bought a pair of his shoes one time from <laughs> Belt. You know, just like looking for a nice pair of dress shoes, seeing these, I was like, man, those look good. And then I'd go try them on, you know, see their Cam Newton shoes. I almost didn't buy them just for that reason, <laughs> but I was like, ah, oh, you know, whatever. I, I'll try to forgive this man. 
try to move on my life. Like maybe third time I wear these pair of shoes, I go to pull them on and the tongue just absolutely rips out. No, I'll co- I'll <laughs> co-sign that because I bought a sweater that was one of the Cam Newton brand sweaters from Belk, and literally the first time I put the thing on, the collar where it was sewn to the neck just shredded. <laughs> so I had like a three inch like hole on the back of my neck. You know, you really hate to hear that though, because unlike Auburn University, y'all didn't get y'all's money's worth. <laughs> Still an ongoing investigation, <laughs> like they say. <laughs> All, right. All right, Colby, you and I'll spitball on this one for just a minute. Under Nick Saban, the most underrated, underappreciated quarterback during this era. Ooh, underappreciated. Uh, like, who doesn't get the love they really, 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 really deserve? Uh, man, they all were good, so, uh, you know, JPW kind of started it with him, uh, you know, the 08 season. Uh, you know, sad that they didn't get a title out of that to uh, really take that through. So maybe he'd be my most underappreciated just because, um, you know, AJ won titles. Uh, you know, Tua got his title. Um, you know, my boy Mac Jones, freaking solid. The one I will say that I wish would have been there was Blake Barnett, man, thought that kid was going to be. Oh, that was going to be my answer. Thought that kid was going to be like our three-time, you know, national champion, two-time Heisman uh, winning quarterback. I mean, these Barners over here just conspiring against us over here. But uh, I guess players that never got to play, mine would be Blake Barnett, but players that played JPW. Yeah. I think he was a stud, just didn't get to the finish line. Who was was there before um, Jalen started? Oh, Coker. Uh, Brandon, was it Jake Coker? Jake Coker. Yeah. 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 Jake Coker. Well, Jake Coker, I don't feel like I was underappreciated because, like, uh, at least maybe not. He came in and did family. the job. Yeah. I feel I, like the Bama fan I mean, base loves Coker because he, he was just, you know. There's uh, there's one answer here for me is Blake Sims. It changed the entire aspect and landscape of Alabama's offense. I wish, yeah. Okay. Me personally, I wish y'all would have appreciated the Oklahoma Sooner Jalen Hurts more. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. Uh, quarterback right, before we get out of here, though, we I mean, you're you're deflecting and not telling the whole story. We got to talk about the Brophy Cup. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 We, yeah. We'll, we'll, that seemed a little bit of a dodge. We got, we yeah. got, all right, Dylan, you, you have five minutes. We'll talk about the Brophy Cup before we have to close this out. And I don't want you to feel like we're rushed here, like we short-sighted this. Look, here's here's the <laughs> long and planned. the short of it. Here's the long and the short of it. They we started this. Ass. We started this what five years ago, somewhere around like right. five or six years ago. Right when I started, and we were like, "All right, Drake's been teaching me how to play golf. I'll be on his team. Y'all two team up. We'll play each other." Guess what? You guys whoop our ass. All right, is that what you <laughs> wanted to hear? You want me to pull your pants down, guys? Is that what you want? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, you you own us. I'm I'm Manny right now. You guys are Pedro. my daddy. Pedro, sorry. <laughs> I had Manny on the yeah, brain from the right. TikTok earlier. <laughs> well, I guess my, the long and the short of it for me is I fall somewhere between uh, Rory McElroy yeah. and uh, the Soviet Union hockey team. <laughs> no, yeah, I want you to stay right there because we are the 1980s Team USA. Well, sure. You We're know what, though, me and Colby have just pummeled y'all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just well, not rolled y'all. Well, I want to quote one of the great coaches, y'all. Herb Brooks. Nine times out of ten – you might beat us, but not this time. And when I say this, I speak for myself, not my partner, of course. But we've just, I mean, just 
Let me evisceration. Let me, no, 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 no. We will thing. throw. We will throw an an objection down on that. The first time was a walk. I think it, it ended on even, twelve. It, I don't even yeah, think it made yeah, it to it ten. It was bad. Last the last we, time we came 16? down to eighteen. No, we came down no, to eighteen. No, you no, didn't. It was seventeen. It's sixteen or seventeen. It was seventeen because I had to hold out the chip to. Okay, well, I thought it was eighteen because I had to hit the par five. No, we could have birdied it and tied. Well, shit, that would have worked for me. But here's the thing is, like Rory, like he, like when the U.S. won the Ryder Cup at Hazeltine, he just talked about how excited he was for all those guys to finally get one. And then the Soviet hockey team, I mean, they stood up and clapped for the yeah, U.S. They were, they, you know, they're just so used to winning. Uh-huh. That they didn't really find no, joy yeah, in it. No, it's a humbling experience from that side. I get that They didn't 100%. find joy in it. They were happy that somebody got to enjoy no, happiness. Yeah, yeah I 100% it was just a job for them. Yeah, exactly. This is just what you do. Yeah. yeah. No we doubt. just win. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I want to test that. I mean, absolutely, you should. If you weren't winning, then, you know, you could raise some questions as to where your game is. You know, why are you losing to a guy that has only been playing for five years? Well, well, I mean, at this stage, and golf, and, and five years, you, know, five you years play years more golf than I do. Five five yeah, years facts. is rough. Yeah. Shane plays more golf than all of us. No, I will say and that Drake in in the year of twenty twenty, better than me and Dylan. On well, no, no. So, so I will say, that, well, so that we channel like Sergio well, no, and Poulter so vibes, though. That's where you like, guys benefited was for you know. I think we tried setting it up for the beginning of November, but for some reason, on one side of the of the grouping, we could never ever land on a date yeah. to actually play it. Because now I will say in the year of 2020, I have definitely played more golf than everybody in this room combined. Mm. Like once quarantine hit and Cortland was back home, I went to work, I went to the golf course. And I mean, it was, I was probably playing anywhere from 90 to 108 holes a week, like <laughs> steadily. I mean, it was a lot of golf being played. So, I mean, I will say that this year, no doubt. And you guys, I don't who's to say, could have gone either way, probably benefited from us not playing the Brophy Cup this For year. For sure. I mean, I, I'm currently in a transformation stage in my game where I'm working on uh, the second serve. Okay. Where I just poof it into the fairway <laughs> because I'm yeah. so sick and tired of it having to hit out from the trees. Oh, that's fair. Um, yeah. So... You know, it's it's a transformation period. So we'd have probably got dusted this year. Yeah, much but of the, then again, uh, we just show up big time players. Let me tell like you big time plays. Colby Colby I I I just wanna I just wanna see something real quick. The only time that I've I mean, me and Drake have played together a, a couple of times this year after I got back. But as far as like the Brophy Cup mentality part of it, I've only played with one of you guys one time. It was Colby. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what the score was? <laughs> it doesn't matter what score is when we're not together. Yeah, I just, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there as like a, like Colby said, you know, on Drake's good, on a good day for Drake, he's better than, than Colby and Dylan. Yeah, I think we tied. I think day. we did tie. Yeah. So you know, who's to say what could have happened? Yeah, well, I think this I was know. like right after your uh, sabbatical of playing a hundred holes a week. Uh huh. I had played once in six months. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, See, I caught you at the, the right time. The last Brophy <laughs> Cup. I'm, I'm what some might refer to as Auburn football. I strike when the iron's hot. The the last Brophy Cup we played, the wind was blowing about 30 miles an hour. It was about 20 degrees outside. Hey, it was equal conditions for everybody. Yeah, yeah. it was. Well, well I just sucks. want to shout out my dude Neil Schuster also. Yeah, be some because, dogs. Also, because if it's that, no, that, that kind of weather, that 
absolutely does not fade over. Dylan and I, because we hit the ball like to the moon. Yeah. So and that was when I was going through the stage of where I was hitting just exclusively the chloroform ball, <laughs> which if you don't know what that is, it's just a smother hook out of nowhere. <laughs> well, see, it, it was it was a tight race. Shane and I, we may have been leading or tied. We were but tied at Colby, the turn. Colby's just y'all have never let a hole in this series. That's not true. We, <laughs> that we, is we actually I think it. I, I think you're right. Y'all have I think it might have been tied. You're wrong. Hole. We we won the first hole last time we played the Brophy Cup. They might have won. They might have won the first okay. hole because well, we'll Dylan hit his like, OB and Colby yeah, hit and we like a double bogey or something. But you know who's keeping count? Let me. Not that it matters. Up. The it was like number twelve or something at RTJ Oxford point. On the ridge. Yeah. Colby's over there with dick fingers over the, off the side of the green. Just can't even <laughs> – he keeps flubbing hey, chips. Hey, 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 hey. That is not even hey, – Tiger went through the same thing. Chippy ups, it's a real thing. <laughs> the real Dylan. story is is I hit the fairway, and then I hit my second shot into a par five down in a canyon yeah. in which I was wading through the grass looking for – when Dylan had hit the par five and two, yeah, I hit a, yeah. I hit a nice foot putt, yeah, nice Raphael for call double three iron, <laughs> just perfect flight. Um, didn't even, you know, you know, do you guys know any easy games moments? See, didn't even know it was a, as a par five. I thought it was a par four. I thought well, it was a really par four that made an eagle putt. Drake looked like he'd seen a ghost, and I just hit him with the, you know, do you guys know any easy games <laughs> or any hard well, games? Like I had stuffed a gap wedge to like a foot or two. For birdie, I was like, "We'll at least tie this hole." No, I just remember Dylan. Dylan Colby's over there just dicking around. Like, I don't know what Colby's doing at the bottom of this hill because we can't see. We were both. But, we were both in a decent position to make birdie putts because my second shot, I had went long, and I had my fifty-six degree, and you came up and told me, "No, nah, dude, just put it," because it was straight downhill, and I was like six inches into the fringe. You're like, "Dude, just put it." putted it and i had like maybe a foot like you said you had stuffed yours so we were in we were going to birdie that hole and then dylan just with what some may consider an illegal putter i don't know i'm not a usga official but you know could have been called an illegal putter like i said who's to say but when he (laughs) when he made that putt for eagle i just looked at shane i was like there's it's a dole. That was it. That was that was it. Once yeah. once Dylan made that eagle putt and Drake looked at me, I knew like in my mind I was like, "Fuck that! We're only down a hole." See that that Plenty takes time back. to make it up. Yeah. That takes us back to uh, the first no, Brophy Cup. It was Cup. Vince Carter gift. It's over. Yeah, no, no, that's that was the vibe in our golf cart when Drake sat down. See, it was PTSD because like when Dylan dropped that bomb, I just looked at Shane and I was like, "The senator." That's because Hulk, the first, that's the first holding out. Yeah, the first Brophy Cup we played, we were num- number two. Colby chips in and gives us a fist bump while just staring into the depths of our souls. <laughs> and I was like, I looked at Shane, I was like, it's over. Then we get to the next tee box and Dylan was like, hey, uh, y'all want to be my groomsman? And I was like, not only did you just close it out, <laughs> was, you just don't think that wasn't, <laughs> don't think that wasn't planned. Hit us with emotional warfare. Like, but after that, it was downhill. Shane, I had We're a chip. down. We're dirty, but we win. I had, I had a chance to. That, that's why I wanted y'all this year because I've been practicing my mental warfare. See, and I had a, I've had this chip on seventeen. Well, so, like, I mean, Colby's not as bad about it. Like, Colby might like drop a little like something here or there, like unintentional, possibly. Maybe he means to do it. I don't think he does. I think it's just, I think it's organic when Colby does it. Dylan, on the other hand, is a mastercraft. Dylan plays mental warfare. <laughs> 
like nobody's business. So my whole mindset coming into 2020, especially when COVID hit and I had all of the free time in the world to play golf was I took one of my buddies from the air force who had really never really played golf before. And like, I was trying to like get him into the game. I was like, dude, come with me, but here's what I want you to do. I don't care if I hit a beautiful shot. I don't care if I chunk one five yards. I want you to talk as much shit as humanly possible to me (laughs) because I'm, I'm building that like mental block, getting ready for Dylan's, psychological games that he's going to play. Earl Woods dropping yeah. your golf bag. That's yeah. the, that's the most of the game, though. That's how you get – that's how you're up one teeing off on oh, the first tee. Oh, I mean, I recognize it, and I respect I respect you for it. Like, I'm just giving some insight into, like, how I was trying to prepare for this year because I was picking up on those little, those little gambits, you know, of, all right, I know if – all right, say I block a tee shot right here. Well, you know, Dylan might drop a snark remark. Probably not. If I recover, there's really not much to say. But if I miss my recovery shot, then I know he's going to come at me with something. All right, and then then that's going to fester. You come back at me with stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a give and take. Yeah, but that's that's what I was trying to like better myself at because I could I could I could give it back. But how do I start planting that seed? See, that's like on a on a chip on seventeen. Like I knew I had to hold it, and I was like, I can make this chip. And uh, I was like, if I do, I'm fist pumping, and I'm giving the Colby James treatment, just looking right into you when I do it. I was like, if I, if I do that, I was like, we may own them on 18. And I didn't hold it out, so it was like, we had to beat them on that hole just a tie. See, and and we can leave it at this, but you'll never rattle me, because nobody can say as much terrible stuff to oh, me oh, you as I say to myself after I hit a bad shot. <laughs> like, nobody hates himself on the golf course more than me. Facts. Oh, buddy, I'll get you. <laughs> well, I guess I've been, we'll see. I've been preparing. Well, Brophy, <laughs> we'll I've got a whole notebook. <laughs> it's Brophy, in my bag. <laughs> 2021. Dylan remarks. I'm going to go right in it after this. <laughs> Brophy 2021 is taking place this spring as soon as the grass turns green. We've also incorporated. I mean, uh, it's going to be seventy degrees on Friday, so like, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, <laughs> facts. The world could end before. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, we're going to run it again in twenty twenty one. The Brophy Cup's been like a just a fun little competitive thing because I, mean, I, I wouldn't enough. say fun. It's been pretty terrible. It's been a blast. Yeah, let me tell you, buddy. There's nothing I love more than throwing on a pair of sweatpants and khakis over to try to fight the temperatures. <laughs> But yeah, we've played in 100 degree weather, 20 degree weather. Hopefully, we'll catch it at a peak time this spring. We've also added another team, so that also decreases Shane wow. and I's chances of that winning. other team's gonna win. We don't <laughs> count those; those those guys don't count. But they're well, too good. Our trophy, <laughs> the Brophy, is uh, whatever Voss we find at <laughs> Hobby Lobby. TJ Max, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wrapping some duct tape. Uh, it's just a fun, friendly competition. Everything we do is a debate, but it's also out of love. Uh, these are my, these are all three of these guys in here are my best friends ever. And uh, other than my wife, like obviously the male gender, <laughs> but you know, everything we've been through has got us to where we are now. And uh, like Colby and Dylan also support everything we do on this podcast. I'm so glad they could come on. They both are from Walker County. Still appreciate Walker County. Dylan was past the booby trap, so he's technically yeah. Walker County. Colby's adding that Walker County flavor over there in Birmingham. Yeah, bringing the six fold to the hand. But uh, bringing like it over it. the mountain. Oh, I like it. Print the shirts. <laughs> but guys, uh, 
thanks for coming on. Thanks for this time. I know this podcast ran long, but it's it's been fun. Uh, you get 10 years compressed into almost three hours. So, uh, Dylan, Colby, thanks for your time, bros. Uh, I shame. appreciate you guys. Yeah. I really do. I don't know. I feel like I tell you all that every once in a while, but definitely not nearly enough. Like, you guys are literally the closest thing to, like, like actual brothers that I ever had. So I really appreciate you guys and just the way you've always been there for me, no matter what I'm going through or what, you know, what we're all going through. Just the fact that we can all rely on each other just means the world to me. Yeah. I mean, like y'all literally are my family. Like y'all went to like stuff. My sisters had like when she was in school, shout out Lexi. Um, Shout out them uh, Peacoat boys. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Um, But no, like y'all have always been there through thick and thin and I'm sure y'all be there through thick and thin forever. And until we end it. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you for having us on. Yeah. Guys, you know. But we can do it again soon. We've Probably been looking at that. The stories that were untold were are <laughs> equally as good or massively uh, better than the ones that <laughs> were able to be told. Yeah. The lost tapes. We may yeah. release them 30 years from now. Yeah. Season uh, 20 of Pass the Jar, you might get some uh, untold hidden tapes. When stories, they're already but... paying us. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the. And, Statute of limitations is that's right now. that's mainly what yeah, we're that's waiting on. really the real reason. And <laughs> yeah. I have somebody on retainer. Like I said, lawyers hit us up. Yeah, folks, thanks for tuning in for this long, long episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been com- comedic in my opinion, but also serious and deep at the same time. Uh, Shane, as always, thanks for joining the pod. Oh, dude, thank you for having me, Colby Dillon. I talk to you every day, but thanks for coming on the pod. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm glad we really could get. It. I'm glad we could get you guys in here and get your stories out. Oh, dude, we enjoyed it. We'll have to do yeah. it again. Yeah, y'all yeah. have us. 100%. This is a thousand percent. Hopefully, the last we'll be time. invited back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Folks, I hope that people enjoy it as much as I have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> y'all. If that jar is not empty, keep passing that thing around. Play another episode of Pass the Jar. Leave us a written review and a rating on Apple Podcast. Love your neighbor. Talk to someone different than you. And guess what? We got one more episode for season two. So we'll see y'all next time. Stay on Pass low, the boys. Jar. Keep those feet moving. Stay perfect.